couples spend on average or couples spend an average of three nights a week watching separate screens while in bed. 55% of couples say they feel they're missing out on quality time with their partner because of phone use. It's scary when you listen to that guy, Matthew Walker, talk about like, you know, that most recent study about sleep and phones and televisions. You shouldn't be looking at anything for like two hours before you try to go to sleep. I know. I know. Who, does, who can do that? Well, the thing is, is that now my my uh, sleep patterns are just a, a series of stages of screens before I go to bed. Like, <laughs> I'll be on my computer, and then I'll watch some TV, and then I'll finish it off with the phone. Yeah. Yes. Sounds pretty accurate. 35% say their sex Wait, life. I didn't mean that the way it sounded. <laughs> I'll finish it off with my and phone. I just, uh, and then I polish uh, one uh, off uh, with my phone. <laughs> Brandy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 70 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Federal agents are investigating how Ohio State University responded to sexual misconduct claims against a former wrestling team doctor. U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights is conducting the probe into whether Ohio State officials responded promptly and equitably to complaints from students, alleging that Dr. Richard Strauss molested them. The move comes four months after the university opened its own investigation into the allegations from more than two decades ago. Strauss killed himself in 2005. Crews are repairing a broken water main in the south side. The line broke late last night on St. Thomas Street near East Warrington Avenue. Water could be seen rushing down nearby steps like a waterfall after that break. Water in the area was shut off to allow crews to do those repairs. If you want to be rich, be a doctor. A new report on high-paying jobs says doctors still make the most money. The employment site Glassdoor did a survey based on salary data and found most of the highest-paying jobs were either in healthcare or technology. Uh, the survey found positions make the most money with an annual salary of over $195,000 on average, which I guess depending on what kind of doctor you mm-hmm. are, if you're a plastic surgeon, you probably make way more than that. But uh, the second highest paying job is pharmacy manager, paying over 146 grand a year. Third highest job, according to Glassdoor, is pharmacist, over 127 grand. Highest paying tech job comes in at number six, a software development manager makes about $108,000 a year. I would never want to be a doctor because, look, I mean, the radio is is one thing. You know, if you have a bad show, nobody dies. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. You just get to go get up the next day and say, oh, let me try to have a better show. Right. You know, I don't want to screw up somebody's nose job because I had a, a rough night last night. You don't have to be the kind of doctor where life and death is on the line. You know, you could always just be like uh, a proctologist. <laughs> well, look, the life and death can be on the line there, too. Yeah. True. And yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a weird profession if you chose it. Chose the proctology route? Yeah. Which is the worst way to get out the Latrope. That is <laughs> a rough route. No, um, I, I I think that's probably not what you want to do. I'm th- I'm thinking something more like uh, allergist, like you know. Yeah, but what dermat- if you, you what if you prescribe the wrong medicine? I mean, I think there's probably risk. I mean, what, I really just say Benadryl, and you know, <laughs> you're safe. I know I shouldn't have prescribed that kid peanut butter. He has a nut allergy. You always do the uh, you know what? You better go to another doctor thing. There is that level of doctor. You can be like. Uh, 
low level. Go like see a, a specialist. Like a DO where you just go, uh, you might want to go see a phlebotomist. I'm a referral doctor. I refer you to other doctors. There you go. You could just be a pain doctor. Be like a weed doctor. That'd be nice. Or you'd be like Wait. Dr. John. There's lots of doctors you can be. Dr. Johnny Fever. There you go. Dr. Wh- Dre. Actually, he's the most he's the most accomplished doctor. Except you're in, in danger of, of being killed, not killing people. <laughs> right. Women have a lot of stuff on their minds in the morning, but apparently sex ain't one of them, according to a survey by Mattress Advisor. Which I, what is that? Sixty three percent of women Don't say they never that. have morning sex. Why no morning sack work? Well, fifty one percent of the women oh, surveyed said they weren't in the mood. Thirty six percent be in the mood when you phrase it like well, that. Well, yeah, morning sack work. Say they, they don't have time. Thirty four percent said they just don't like morning sex. 33% didn't have the energy and 30% want to sleep more. However, on the other hand, 51% of men said they're totally into regular morning sex. Yeah, of course. When and we wake up, it's already happening <laughs> for us. <laughs> Things are, you know, where they need to be. And Phil Lesh and friends will headline, <laughs> Don't Tell Me This Country Ain't Got No Heart, a benefit for voter participation at New York's Apollo Theater September 7th. The event will raise money for Headcount, which is a nonpartisan organization that promotes voting. And uh, Designing Woman, Women could be the next sitcom to get the reboot treatment. Finally. TV Line says the series' original creator, Linda Bloodworth Thomason, is developing the new series. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are really dipping into the old is new bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could probably leave that one alone. Uh, and f- sack work on the uh, Designing <laughs> Women show. <laughs> Finally, I, I feel like it's old news because it happened at the end of the show yesterday. And, you know, we heard it all day yesterday. Yeah. But Aretha Franklin passing away yesterday. And uh, here she is speaking about her pride in continuing the soul music tradition established by the original Atlantic recording artists. Many of the Atlantic artists, Ruth Brown and Laverne Baker, the Drifters, the Clovers, Benny King, uh, you name they were on Atlantic and particularly Ruth Brown. Some of the artists I think that personified a certain style of music yesterday and carried it on to its present me. And here she is talking about the song Respect. It was just good and funky and, and I liked it and my sister and I put the socket to me phrase to it. A little later on it became a mantra for civil rights groups and various other people and uh one of the many awards she got uh which i'm not sure where she ranked this one but uh tv land icon award in 2012. i'd like to thank mr legend tv uh, land people for this wonderful and most prestigious award and uh it's the icon award but in Mr. Legend's own words, we're just ordinary people. Next door people. All right. Love you much. Aretha was the best. She was the greatest. She once commented on her 2010 health crisis. I had a tumor, and uh, that was taken care of. It's behind me, and thank God it's behind me. There just there are no more details. That was it. Of course, we got news earlier this week that she was in hospice and uh, news reports said she died of pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Oh, man. She was uh, one of a kind. They don't make Mm -hmm. many of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a great story in the Post-Gazette 
yesterday about, or at least posted to their website, uh, that Scott Mervis did about her Pittsburgh Shows, appearances. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out if mm-hmm. you haven't already. Forecast today, showers and thunderstorms, 80 for the high at 70 now at DVE. You know, yesterday at the end of the show, Stan Saverin joined us and things ran a little bit late, but we got to talking and it was just so damn interesting because Stan is just, you know, especially when you kind of get him on like an off topic and when he, his career is so vast mm-hmm. that in his perspective, so great. He that, has such a sharp recall on everything, dates. Yeah, and it wasn't like we planned to talk about this. Just in the commercial break before he went on, we got talking about Rocky and other things. And this was Stan with our friend Jimmy Schubert, who was also in studio. All of the Ali Frazier fights were pay-per-view. Yep. I thought they were always all network broadcast, but pay-per-view wasn't how we know it to be today back then. You couldn't order it to your TV. No, I mean, obviously the technology didn't exist. So what you did was um, various theaters, uh, movie theaters, uh, that's where I saw Ali Frazier 1, which people don't understand um, if you're not of a certain age. Unfortunately, I am. Uh, March 8, 1971. It was more than just an athletic event. I mean, it was societal because yeah. sort of like today, but a different elements. You know, you had the establishment, you know, young Ali. Uh, Joe Frazier, ironically, a sharecropper, sharecropper's son from South Carolina, moved to Philadelphia, was the hero of the silent majority. Here was this, you know, largely uneducated black man who became the hero of, you know, the Nixonites because they didn't like Ali because of what he represented and the draft thing. Um, and I, I was working in Oklahoma then. Uh, I think it had just gotten statehood uh, it should be revoked immediately <laughs> uh, we went to oklahoma city uh, me and three uh, three uh, buddies of mine and we went and there, there was a movie theater and you know in oklahoma city you know would show movies like any other movie theater and that's where they had it uh, i recall seeing uh, fights via pay-per-view uh, at the civic arena uh, and in other venues, and, that, and that's that's where you went. They didn't, you couldn't get it at home. You couldn't, you know, see it on your television. So you had to go out and uh, and pay. Naturally, they figured, why put it on network TV? Despite the rates that they would charge, um, and there was the rights fees to the networks. What you could make in pay per view, you know, Bob Arum figured all that out. And the first Ali Frazier fight, um, certainly the thriller in Manila. Um, his fight in awesome. Zaire yeah. against Foreman. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble in the Jungle. I mean, anything that Ali did, and then, of course, other people followed suit because there was a paying audience for it. How mm. Do you remember how much that they charged you to watch the game at, a, at the Civic Arena? Because I, I, th- I mean, be you honest, just make you know, a ton of money doing that. Well, being the typical fat, freeloading sportscaster, you know, <laughs> I didn't have to pay. Uh, but I, I do remember something like, this is 1971, uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh, I think it was uh, Confederate currency still there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to say it was like 20 bucks or something like that. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. You know, we're on there. And then for the Thriller in Manila... I was doing play-by-play for a world football football league team in Orlando, Florida. They're called the Florida Blazers. The league lasted a year and a half. In any event, it was October 30th, 31st, 1974. Uh, I love the day. Ali Frazier yeah. 3, right? Thrill in Manila. And we had a game in Birmingham, Alabama the next night. So Almost we, as big of a deal. <laughs> almost, yeah. <laughs> well, they, those two teams ended up playing for the... 
another story, World Football League Championship, the Florida Blazers from Orlando and the Birmingham, whatever they were, Americans. Elsie Greenwood had signed to play with them the next year, but they folded. So we played what was called the World Bowl at Legion Field in Alabama. And Birmingham beat my team 23-22. to When the game was over, the Sheriff's Department of Birmingham had hundreds of trucks lined up to repossess the Birmingham team's equipment because they were in arrears for taxes. I mean, the whole league was going bankrupt. But really, they won the championship. You know, they're dancing around. And all of a sudden, while they're doing that, the, the, the police are in there taking their equipment, you know, for, for sheriff's auction. But anyway, so we get in there, and we had thought, where is it going to be shown in Birmingham? That's great. Um, so my color guy... Uh, who was all a TV sportscaster, still a good no, friend. <laughs> We're huge Ali fans. He might have been a bigger Ali fan than mm-hmm. I was. So we go to this place, and we find out where it is, and we get tickets, and we go in, and we're looking around, and what would you expect to see in Birmingham, Alabama? And we we didn't open our mouths because we had to figure that they were part of the white Joe Frazier. And we were, we were afraid to say anything because I figured, you know, those, you know, hey, boy, you know, yeah. and we the fight starts... And all these, pardon me, rednecks, we, well, we thought were rednecks. And he never judges a man by the color of his neck, but go ahead. No, exactly. Um, you know the old uh, story, I can see red when I yeah. get mad? Yeah, you could see yeah. plenty of that there. Um, I'd say 90% of the people at that theater in Birmingham, Alabama, were for Ali. It really? stunned me, yeah. yeah. And there was these guys behind us, and they were all, you know, wearing boots, and, you know, they had their camels, you know, up in their sleeve and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we were afraid to say anything, really. Um, yeah, but that that whole thing was like, if Joe Fraser, like, really gave Muhammad Ali, he said, yeah, the fight him, but he used to lend the money cause he was for his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and then he started calling them all those names, which was getting yeah. in his head. But, I mean, that was really kind of, you see the documentaries on that, you go, that was. He really was, a bad side of Ali. I mean, you know, Joe yeah, Frazier yeah. was a good man. Yeah, right. He um, didn't he he hated Ali all the way up into his death, didn't he? No. no well, he I mean, it. not not while they not while you know, they were first starting out and while they were opponents, but when Ali started to taunt him and call him, you know, he called him a um, an Uncle Tom. Yeah, all kinds uh, of names. that really hurt Frazier a lot. And during Ali's exile, he, financially, and Jimmy's right because Ali lent him money and then. Ali's thought was gave him money to feed his family, right? Like he helped him out a lot, a lot. In fact, he gave him like permission, like to get reinstated. He he went to bat for him, going, "You should really reinstate him so we can have a fight." And went to bat for him, and then Ali pulled that side, like you said, that bad side of Ali. But yeah, yeah, it was a bad side. You know, I I love the guy, but that that was not. You interviewed Ali before, right? On a couple, yeah, three. Did you ever approach that? I emceed. an exhibition boxing match that he gave in Orlando, and then afterward I had dinner with him. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, we were not at the same table. There were like 25 people uh, in this private room at this hotel in Orlando, and he and his wife, I I think it was Porsche at that time, I don't remember. He had, you know, like three wives. Um, They kind of sat at a table by themselves, Um, but uh, he was like 10 feet from me, and one of the biggest mistakes of my life, a buddy of mine said, could you get his autograph? And I'm, I, I don't like to do that, but I did, and I got it on a cloth napkin because that's oh, where right. we were eating. And I didn't get one for myself. Oh, I was just embarrassed. I, I would have told your buddy, "I'm so sorry, I couldn't get you one." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After that exhibition in Orlando, it was one of the most amazing experiences. The media there, uh, including me, after I, you know, I was the ring announcer. I was like, you know, 
Jimmy Buffer, or whatever his name is. Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. Yeah. I'm thinking of Jimmy Buffett. Uh, hey, actual- everybody, here's Muhammad <laughs> <laughs> <I'm in> Ali. <laughs> Come on over here, parrot. Um, he held court in this little locker room they had for him at this place. It was called the Orlando Sports Stadium. It was actually used for rodeos and farm shows, but they had boxing there, too. It was anything but elegant. And he's entertaining the media. And this is about, this is April of 75, so it's like five, six months um, after he'd beaten Foreman in Zaire, the rope-a-dope. And so everybody's asking about the rope-a-dope. And he is explaining how the rope-a-dope worked and whatever and what he did. And I was standing right in front, and I had a little box tape recorder. You know, he still used tape recorders back then. Mm -hmm. And I had it, you know, up, get it recording. And he said... Here, give me that. And he grabbed it from my hand and put it on a table. He said, and he put his hands up by his face, and he said, here, try to hit me. He said, don't, don't punch me. He said, but try to, and I was, you know, slapping him and so on, you know, trying to slap him. <laughs> he was slapping Muhammad Ali. And dope and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it's Give tiring. me another autograph. Come on. <laughs> Come on, give me another autograph. Come on. Uh, or I won't take you to dinner. You, uh, I'll lend you some money. Forget Joe Frazier. Uh, and I'm doing this and, you know, trying to, you know, get his, and he's blocking everything. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how long it went on. It seemed like for hours. It's really tiring if you hold your, just hold your hands up for three minutes and see what how shape they're in and after about whatever it was all of a sudden he leaned back and he threw that left jab right at my face right at my nose the one that sort of backed yeah backed off he backed off and then boom and he he pulled the punch i'm telling you within a half inch of my face and his fist looked bigger than the sun and I mean, I jerked my head back, and he pulled the punch. He wasn't going to hit me, but it. And everybody, all the other, you know, guys yeah. laughed and everything. About it. I was scared. It was, it was frightening. Um, <laughs> I think that led story. to my heart condition. This, right. this is why the title of Stan's book is "The Day I Punched Muhammad Ali" by <laughs> yeah, Stan Saverin. Yeah, he had big hands, man. He oh, had he had, hands. and he was so lightning quick. And of course, he was known for that jab. And I mean, it was just he was just you know fooling around doing that. I'm trying to hit him, and he's just blocking uh, punches. The rope would open, and all of a sudden he just leaned back, and boom, he shot out that piston, and <laughs> it was scary. That, but, didn't that, you have sound from from yes. an interview with him that you had a couple of years ago that you were trying to? I, I, I get did. I did transferred it. and remastered. I, I had the tapes um, on three separate interviews I did with him, and uh, with the help of Brian Price here and some of the other people, they transferred it to a DVD. Uh, a CD, excuse me, so I could play it on my show, which I did, and um, it was done in nineteen, well, seventy four and seventy five. Um, it's awesome to hear you, you know, the, your younger man, my voice. younger voice, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was just, I love the recall, the dates. Oh yeah, I, mean, Stan's, I, I love that. That's steel so trap, crazy. yeah, steel, steel trap. My guys do that. <laughs> getting rusty. Do you remember a boxer named Vinnie Curto? Yeah. He well, he used to do stand up for a little while out out in the comedy store. In fact, he actually fought. Marvelous Marvelin Hagler, but like there was a BB King concert in like Boston. He goes, uh, and if you look on the dance floor, there's Vinnie Curto and Marvelous Marvelin Hagler going at it, and they were they kind of like didn't like each other. They fought during a BB King concert. Yeah, like they, they, in Boston, they were like like kind of had to break them up and right. maybe, they Curto, a, maybe they thought it was a Don King concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Vinnie Curto was a like that guy, like even just messing around, like kind of like tapping the kidneys. I mean, like you know, you had to go. Yeah. You'd, you'd, blood for like right. a month. I mean, people don't realize how, how like these guys hit you. It's no if, joke. If you've ever sat ringside 
at a professional boxing match, and I had I actually did some blow by blow on radio. Jimmy did a lot of blow by blow back in the day. Yeah, but okay. that was a different kind of, <laughs> <a> different kind <laughs> of story. I'm sure you felt better after than they did. Yeah, but uh, now, but now they would lock you up for just using the straw. Is that a straw? They would have Is that a plastic straw? Is that a plastic straw? Get him! Get him! DVE. Sports. Mike Pursuta with a recap of last night's Steelers-Packers game here on DVE. Would you believe Sports is out brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast? Would you believe the Steelers actually outgained the Packers yesterday? Yes, I would. 370 to 357. Uh, trouble was, the Steelers also threw a couple of pick sixes, including one by Mason Rudolph on the first play of the game, and uh, it went from there last night in Green Bay, 51 to 34. Packers over the Steelers. Josh Dobbs matching Mason Rudolph in the second half, throwing his own pick six. Yes. Saying, hey, kid, I can do that too. Pitchers duel. If the Steelers and Packers played in the regular season, it would be 65 to 63. <laughs> Probably. It's just unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers and uh, Jimmy Graham and uh, some of the real live actual Green Bay Packers involved early. And uh, it was too much too soon for the Steelers who. Uh, had a learning experience, according to their head coach, Mike Tomlin, although it's going to take a long time to review all the material from which they must learn. Uh, like I just told the team in there, um, I understand this process is a learning one. Um, but, boy, um, we got a lot to learn from on that video, um, and we will. Uh, how we respond to this performance is probably more important uh, than the performance itself. So uh, we'll learn a lot about ourselves in the in the upcoming days in terms of uh, acknowledging what we did and making, uh, you know, taking the proper steps to, to to rectify some of those things. Yeah, a bunch of the Steelers uh, who they'll be counting on starting in September didn't play last night. Ben Roethlisberger, Chris Boswell, Stephen Ridley, Marquise Pouncey, Ramon Foster, Antonio Brown, Vance McDonald, T.J. Watt, and Cam Hayward all sitting that one out. So there, there is that, but. Uh, the rest of those guys looked a little overwhelmed defensively. Stop me if you've heard that before. I won't stop you. They've Which got, puts me in good position to play for the defense. Yeah, they've got, they've got work to do, and uh, safety Morgan Burnett, who made a homecoming to Green Bay, said, hey, uh, you can't learn and do the work with without having the tape from which to learn. No, it, it helps. Like I, I feel like the preseason game is it allows you to get live action on tape, you know, different scenarios, and understand that each week the game can flow different ways. And uh, if the game was different from when we was in Philly to they jumped out early here today, so it, it's a good film to get on tape and uh, a lot of good things that we can learn from. And it's, it's also things that we didn't do so well that we can learn from. So it's good to get live action like that on tape. A couple of positives. Uh, outside linebacker Bud Dupree was actually in the game. Oh, really? Had a sack. Oh, wow. Came off the edge hard. Uh, Bud Dupree, happy to be back. Yeah, it was cool. You know, at the beginning, you know, um, anytime you miss time, you know, uh, you got to come back. You know, you got to shake some rest off. But, uh, you know, I had, I had, a, uh, I feel like I had a good count. So I'm um, just trying to build off that. And uh, rookie wide receiver James Washington had five receptions. Uh, two of those went for 50. Two of those went for touchdowns. Another went for 54 yards. Just getting better each week, you know, just doing what I can do to help this team win. Yeah, he's good. I love that kid. He, he's a keeper. Man, Mr. Comeback Catch, just 
He's got stickum on his hands. That was impressive. And that's what he's been doing. If, if you, it's like he doesn't catch any other way. Like it, well, yeah. he doesn't really have the blazing speed. Uh, on the long one, he got behind the guy pretty early, and I, I didn't see the start of the play. I asked him if he had beaten press coverage, and he said no, but they'd been running a lot of out routes, and he thought the DB just jumped the out route, and he ran. He's not going to be wide open very often, but he's not going to not come down with the ball very often either. The second touchdown was – I mean, they were both great. Throw it up. But Go my lord, kid. that kid. It's like that kid practices with the jugs machine in a crowded subway. Like, just catching yeah. it in traffic and constantly. The, the strength of his hands, you know. Working on a farm. Country strong, right? Grew up a farmer and did all those farmer things. Yeah, whatever those are. He can he can grab the ball. There's no yeah. doubt about it. That was That was truly impressive. And like I said, it's he doesn't get open, so it's every everyone's a tug of war for him. Yeah, but the quarterbacks are just going to have to coach themselves up to trust him because he will not let them down way more often than not. So if he's covered, you still throw the ball. Yes, I would. And you know, Ben ain't scared to throw the ball if he trusts somebody. Like to see him uh, start playing with Ben. Like to see Ben in a game a little bit next week and see that kid out there on the field with him. Hard to think he didn't earn a little of that last night. It's impossible not to. Yeah. And based based on his camp and his OTAs and everything, I know this has all been one big grand design to, uh, as wide receivers coach Daryl Drake explained to us this week, you know, appreciate the process and work hard to get better every day. He's done all that. Put him in there. Mm -hmm. Because Ben needs to start coaching himself up. Okay, he's not open and I'm going to throw it to him anyway. And what what did you think about their tactic last night of not using number one or number two? I thought it was fine. You don't think these guys need reps? I, my concern no. was Landry, if anybody, I'd like to see get a lot of reps because you, know, you couldn't have to really rely on him and he doesn't get any reps. Yeah, but he's played more preseason snaps the last four or five years than probably anybody on the planet. Yeah. He's right. fine. Yeah, they're not... They've seen what they needed to see from him. They they want Rudolph to get to work, and they gave Josh Dobbs a chance to put some stuff on tape yesterday. So when he gets cut, he'll have uh, maybe somewhere else to go. Yeah, probably not going to be trade-worthy. Wouldn't think. Not like anybody be clamoring for what we saw last night. Although he's much better than he was a year ago. So am I. He has made progress. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he'll land somewhere else. And uh, Rudolph at least did not come completely unglued after that game opening pick six. But you kind of saw what you've seen from him, too. He looks yep. good at times. Fumble. His ball, ball security. security is awful. Awful. Yeah, he's got to work on that. There was another. He, he took a sack, and he was trying to make a play as he's going down later, and he nearly fumbled that one. Yeah. And I thought, like, oh, that's just – he's got to get that out of him. You got to – you know, learn that you need to live to fight another day in the NFL. Steelers are off today. They'll be back on the practice field Saturday. Uh, another tough loss for the Pirates last night. This one, their fourth in a row. Cubs get a home run from uh, local hero Ian Happ in the fourth inning. That was the only run of the game, one nothing Chicago. Do you think uh, Hurdle should have pinch hit for uh, Nova in the fifth? I have no idea what you're talking about. Me neither. All they got to do is win out, guys. They had runners on first and third with two outs. He can do yeah. it. Then he probably should have. <laughs> yeah, they got no runs, so yeah. 
It was only fifth, but he said if there was one out, he would have done it. Ten back in the division, six and a half in the wild card. They have lost four in a row and fallen to 61 and 61. Three more with the Cubs this weekend, including tonight Cole Hamels against Trevor Williams. Then it's Mike Montgomery against Joe Musgrove. And finally, Jose Quintana against Jamison Tyone. Yeah, sorry, to I I know better. You were traveling all night. What time did you guys get back last night? About quarter to three. Oh, there was God. no one in the Yikes. place except you and me. So what what you got here around uh, 3.30? No, I got here about quarter to Oh, yeah, here quarter oh. Yeah, we landed like 2.30-ish. Ugh. Oh. That one went way too long for a preseason Brutal. game. And then I was, I was flying to get here because I thought, you know, the faster I get here, the uh, little few more minutes I could sleep upstairs. Right. And I'm, I was going way too fast on the parkway, and I come up on a vehicle that had police on the side of it, so I slammed my brakes on and didn't pass him. But the guy must have seen that I was going way too fast, and he just let it go. And then I just kind of followed him up Green, Green Tree Hill at, a, at an acceptable speed. Uh-huh. And guys, So whoever you are, uh, Officer of the Law, thank you for having mercy. <laughs> he was like, that's probably Mike Pursuta. Probably. Val's got news top of the hour. What do you got, Valerie? Uh, we're going to talk about one of the most embarrassing things you could be arrested for. Cam Hayward joining us at 845. It is the DVE Morning Show, and J- Jimmy Schubert is in town. He was in- on the show yesterday. He's going to be at the Arcade Comedy Theater tonight. You can go to arcadecomedytheater.com slash events, get tickets to see. I think that show will probably be sold out. Yeah. I would think so, so if you want to go, get your tickets in advance. I uh, I somebody said to me yesterday how great that story was about Roseanne Barr. That he I told. mean his Roseanne Barr story. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story about Roseanne Roseanne Barr. Uh, I was um, a doorman, right. uh, and 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 new to L.A. Like at I the pro- comedy store. At the comedy store, and I probably only been there, you know. Uh, like working there like three months because I remember I was renting a room in a house from this woman who was a member of Mensa and she would have these Mensa meetings. I was like, okay, you guys have a good night. I'm out. Yeah, go, go, go. Dorks. And, and I would go out to do it. And I would go, yeah, genius. Okay, geniuses. I'll see these guys later. But, uh, but I, and I would go out and do stand up and I'd come back at two o'clock in the morning, get up at seven, go to my job. But uh, this one particular night, I was working as a doorman and Roseanne Barr came in and just absolutely like annihilates mm-hmm. the original room. And I've never seen Missy respond to like a female comedian that was that great. And she then goes and takes her into the main room where she then annihilates. And Jim hmm. McCauley, who was the coordinator for The Tonight Show, was there and saw it. This is the first night Roseanne was at the comedy store. The first night she was there. I mean, she was amazing. So The like, Tonight Show got a talent booker is in the audience the first night Roseanne was He used to hang it. there, right? Yeah, well, he used to hang there looking for talent. And, and she came in and she was, you know, she did these these sets. Like, you know, she was, I mean, it was great. I mean, like, just had this act that was like, wow. It was like all honed when she showed up. Yeah, it was all honed. I mean, you know, she had been working in, I guess she was from Denver or whatever the deal was. Iowa. You know, she was, a, and she had that, you know, she had housewife with three kids yeah. whatever and she's married and she's out here doing this thing and uh i guess she was hanging out with kinnison or whatever and she was drinking and yada da 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 and next thing you know <laughs> uh kinnison goes hey jimmy you know and i'm at the doorman it's late he goes hey could you uh get Rosanna right home she's you know she's had a couple cocktails yada yada and i go yeah whatever you know i think uh so uh, it gives me the dress, and I, I'm staying in Culver City, and this is Olympic Boulevard, and I know where that's at. And boom, I drop her at the address, but it's not 
that Olympic Boulevard. I didn't realize at the time there were two Olympic Boulevards. So she goes, that's not where I live. And she's drunk. And she, this is before GPS and cell yeah. phones and all this stuff. <laughs> so you, you're running a room from a Mensa member who uh, has a stipulation, no overnight guests. You're stuck with Roseanne. So now you're tiptoeing down the hallway. <laughs> tiptoeing down the hallway with this very drunk, you know, loud, loud woman. Loud yeah. woman, you know what I mean? <laughs> And so, you know, I'm getting ready. Where's the bathroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, shh, I gotta be quiet. I gotta get her in and, you know, put down the, like, a little, I had, like, I didn't even, I had, like, a, a single, you know, like, a single bed. I didn't even have, like, you know, so I put down a blanket, a pillow, and say, yeah, you get ready. And, you know, back then, I, you know, I, was, I had a 31-inch waist with abs, you know, and I'm getting ready for bed. <laughs> I stripped down to my boxer shorts, and as I'm getting ready for bed, she just kind of grabs me and, you know, gets on the business end of my flesh musket. And, you know, <laughs> And, and, before, and before you know it, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, and then boom, and then and so the next morning I get up for work, I drop her at the bus stop. I said, you should be able to get home from here, you know, and I go to work. And then that night, Tuesday night at the comedy store, which is the next night, and, and I'm there and she comes in and she goes, you know, I. I'd appreciate it if you didn't say anything to anybody about that. I go, listen, I'd appreciate it if you didn't say Because uh, out of the two of us, you're the one who has bragging rights. All right? So listen, keep it down. So now you so I said, I appreciate if you didn't say anything. And then so, so then, so then, so then, so then, I don't see her for like 29 years. Like she went on, she did the Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. She did the thing. She had the Roseanne. Her biggest the comic show. in the world no, yeah, for, yeah, a yeah, long yeah, time. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, next time I see Roseanne Barr, uh, I'm on Last Comic Standing. She's one of the judges. The first night of taping, I am the 26th comic out of 26 comics into a six-hour taping. And I'm nervous because I did tell the story on Marin because Marin knew, and I was trying to be as respectful as possible, you know. Right. And a lot of time has passed, so I did tell the story. So I'm going, oh, maybe she heard the story, man. I don't yeah. know. And so I come out, and I wasn't even making eye contact with the tape. <laughs> I just start killing. Right. Goose, goose, goose. Just not, <laughs> yeah. and I start crushing. And I finally work up enough courage to look over at the judge's table. And she's sitting there with her arms folded. And then she just kind of points at me like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> you know, yeah. wow. Jimmy Schubert, he's the greatest. Tonight, Arcade Comedy Theater. Check him out. CCR, I think you know the answer to this question. Yeah, the DVE morning show. All we see is the flipping rain, John. All it does in Pittsburgh is rain. Yeah, John. raining. Suck it. (laughs) We don't want to hear it, John. Stop asking that question. It's annoying us. (laughs) Val's got your news next. Let's follow it with who will stop the rain. Shall we? Who's going to stop this rain? Yeah, there is a Who'll that's Stop the I, Rain. That's so what they I have, they have, Does he have three rain songs or just two What's rain the other songs? Rain song? Who'll Stop the Rain? Have you ever seen the rain? Somebody no. please stop raining it <laughs> down. Blame, rain it on sucks. The, blame it on the rain? No, that's yeah. Melly Vanilli. I think, yeah, they covered it. I think that's CCR. What do you have next, Val? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about one of the most embarrassing things you could be arrested for. Huh. <sighs> Cam Hayward will be joining us at 845. Sean Collier, uh, 715, will review the new movies Crazy Rich Asians and Alpha. 
And uh, we've got Mike Pursuta all the way back from Green Bay already for a post-game analysis for you coming up as the Steelers. Uh, some things to get excited about, some things to kind of scratch your head over last night in their, uh, what was it, 54 to 34? 51 to 34. I don't know. It was like 17-point differential. I know that. But 51-34 sounds right. Most points the Steelers ever let up in a preseason game. So that's something. So that's something. So keep your ticket stubs. Finally, Meghan Markle's father isn't ready to stop blabbing to the media. Not until the British royal family acknowledge him. He said, tomorrow's my birthday, 74 years old. I'm enjoying the, in fact, uh, enjoying the fact I can make the entire royal family not speak. And maybe I can get a laugh out of the Duchess. I don't know what their relationship was like before this. Yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea. But whoever the tabloid was that set him up in that bookstore looking at the picture the picture book of England was my favorite thing. He wants to go so bad. Look at him. Britain for dummies. <laughs> He's like <laughs> That's how he was looking at it too. He's just hmm, castles. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE morning show. He's starting a clothing line for men. Is he? Yes. Oh. I'm not kidding. In-law wear for dummies. <laughs> American apparel. Oh, damn it. They already have one of those. Not English. Clothes to piss, piss off the royals. He is. That guy. All belly shirts for guys. He said he wants his daughter to take care of him in his declining years. It's like, I took care of my mother last five years of her life. I just want her to take care of me. That's all. All I want. Send the carriage. <laughs> People should really stop putting him on television. Uh, speaking of television. I night- want him to be like his own version of King Ralph. Like, I want him <laughs> to be moved in to wherever they live <laughs> and put a bowling alley in his room. Yeah. Yeah. He is our King Ralph. Uh, yesterday we lost our queen of soul in Aretha Franklin, and um, there were lots of different tributes, and you probably heard Aretha all day, which was the only good thing Phenomenal. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that uh, our friend Steve Gorman noted was that she's always known as you know one of the greatest singers of all time, and rightly so. But the truth is she was one of the best piano players, gospel, soul Mm-hmm. oriented piano players uh, that we've ever known. And this is some spectacular playing from Aretha Franklin from the 1970 television show, The Cliff Richard Show. Aretha Franklin. And uh, she plays on Don't Play That Song.
incredible. Man, that's goosebump city yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh God, that gives me chills. Um, yeah, Aretha Franklin on the Cliff Richard Show, 1970, and uh, that's incredible stuff right there. She uh, she was the best, man. There's mm-hmm. everybody had you know like everybody posted something yesterday, and they all felt the need to have their own little say of hey I. I worshipped this queen too, you know, mm-hmm. and I it, I used to think like, oh, you know, everybody's just doing it. They're, they put up this stuff when celebrities die, yeah, right. because they they actually like it reflecting on themselves in some mm-hmm. weird way. It's actually like a selfish thing. But I've really I, I turned around on that because when somebody like that dies, you kind of you need to do it. The one that annoyed me was Ariana Grande. I don't know why did I didn't watch I didn't watch it. I just saw that she did some big tribute to her to Aretha. Yeah, and I was oh. like. Ugh. Maybe just because she annoys me in general. But. Well, there are some people that are just annoys you where you're like, you know, some awful person who stands for the exact opposite of everything. No that matter Aretha what she st- says. Yeah. Just shut up. Right. Shut up. <laughs> Foul is on One you. woman was just like an incredible voice, you know, singer for the ages, and the other one licked a donut. <laughs> <laughs> but Ariana Grande can't sing. Yeah, no, she's, yeah. you know. Good. She's lovely. That. You are. Uh, are you all right? <laughs> I'm all right. Don't get in her crosshairs today, Pally. Tell well, I won't. She's staying clear. How many weeks have you been sleeping in the camper? Uh, since Memorial Day weekend. It's time for this to end. Summer in the camper. Wow. Can we just pitch in and get her a hotel room? <laughs> Is there an Airbnb nearby <laughs> that we can hook you up with? Oh, Something. Thing. We have a couch here. You have to fight like three other vagabonds. I have to, I have for to that. fight Mike for that. Yeah. Well, uh, you're a, you're you're a pro. No matter what, no matter how few hours of sleep, how little <laughs> sleep you get each night, doing the Swiss Family. Uh, everybody's got problems. Robinson out you know. there. Oh yeah. No, no. It's just you'll always look back on this fondly. That's what I hear. Yeah, you will, and you'll appreciate your house that much more. <laughs> we slept on the flipping lawn. On cinder blocks. Like we're never doing any work on the house ever again. You do again. see all the weird bugs you have in your lawn when you're out there a lot. When you're out there all day? Yeah. I don't pay attention to mine. Yeah. yeah I I'm thought not about that, with like wanting to hook a trail cam up because, you know, some of my plants have been eaten and then there's these weird little holes. Well, you probably have coyotes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what it is. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, it was probably deer. You have coyotes. Don't say it like that. <laughs> They're not I mine. I don't know. There's no, not a lot of coyotes like Green Tree Mount Lebo. Uh, yeah, I think there are. Really? I mean, it's not like the I deer saw, population. I told you but... I saw a fox. Was it a fox? It was 100% a fox. I know somebody who lives in Green Tree, and last summer they had pups like wandering in and out of their property. Coyote pups? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's what they're called, but... Pups? Like they had like small... Yeah. Tiny coyotes. Like baby coyotes. Cute little coyotes. You know, before they grow up and hunt in packs. Yeah, they'll hunt. They're out there. They'll get your little dog. So if you have a tiny yes. if you have a tiny dog. Do not allow it out unattended. Without whenever Acme. I, whenever I live. You know what's funny? Go ahead, Bill. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. They have the for little dogs, they have these well, they're raptor proof vests you can put on the dogs and they have like these spikes on top of them yes i've seen those yeah oh that's awesome nikki glazer has it for her dog when she goes hiking with the dog yeah so that yeah if they get attacked yeah 
Do they have those for people? Because I'd I'd wear one. <laughs> just get some S and M wear with yeah. spikes on it. Yeah, <laughs> just go to the Rob Halford store, and get stocked up. <laughs> Whenever I went to uh, the L A program at Emerson College out in L A, they put us up in these um, apartments in Burbank. And one time there was a parking lot like away from the buildings, up like sort of in the canyon a little bit. And I parked up there, got out, turned around, and there was six coyotes. And I got. Didn't you have a run in with mountain lions scared. or something too? No. Oh, no, it was a, that it was was a coyotes. cougar. That was a oh. cougar at Hula Hands. <laughs> um, I, uh, it was coyotes. Okay, it, was I it was really, really scary because, you know, they, they're pack animals. So that's when they. Right. That's when they could Hunt get the aggressive on anything, yeah, like a human or anything. Right. So you were hoping they were going to maybe break into song like a Disney like, West Side oh, Story. Man. Are you guys going to jump me into your gang? Do you have many <laughs> rabbits in your yard? Yeah. Oh, you do? Definitely. Okay. So that means lots of coyotes? No, that no, means, means coyotes are not, not there. Yeah. Yeah, because they'll eat the rabbits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Eat the rabbits and squirrels. And... I've seen well, like gophers and... I don't want to say if I have them or not. I just want to keep it hidden, like the resistance. <laughs> you don't want to let the coyotes no. know. You don't want to know exactly what you have. No, neither, I'm terrified. Neither of do it. I. No, because I'm having work done in my house, and they're ripping stuff down, and then you can see what had been there, pri- you know, previously, and you know, basically, the guy's like, "All right, so over here, there's a little bit of wire uh, damage uh, that we're gonna have to repair. Like uh, when we fix that, uh, apparently, you had a you had a family of otters living up there. <laughs> for I don't. Did you know that? Yeah, did you know so you cute. had otters in your house? Otters are very cute. They are. So, Mike Pursuta is back from Green Bay last night. The Steelers taking on the Packers in a game that went on for about eight hours. But we learned a lot. We learned Mason Rudolph can bounce back from throwing a pick six. I thought I I, I wasn't aware of the game. Did the national anthem end before that went mm-hmm. into? Uh, it six? was still uh, reverberating throughout the hallowed uh, ground that is Lambeau Good Field. Lord, that did not work out well for Mason. Brave um. touchdown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the story of the night, though, James Washington, really. The, the story of the night, two things. Defense still has got a long way to go in terms of tackling. And James Washington. A lot Washington. more than tackling. Just everything. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I've been kind of banging the drum all week that, boy, they've had a lot of guys miss a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see a lot of guys out there last night. Sean Davis didn't play. Right. Cam Hayward didn't play. T.J. Right. Watt didn't play. Surely these guys will help. But, you know, Sean Davis is moving to a new position. That's not just a rubber stamp. Okay, he'll be great right. there. T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree have switched sides. They're learning new positions. That's... They have stuff they got to work out yet, and uh, boy, when you go against a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you're not totally having it together right. in terms of what you want to do and guys who are supposed to do that knowing how to do it, you saw what happens. Mm-hmm. There were some good things. There were. James Conner. Now a little fake razzle-dazzle, and straight up the middle comes James Conner. Go for the end zone. He's in for the touchdown from 26 yards out. Started to lose his balance, but you know, maybe in the past, if James Conner, 15 pounds heavier, might have lost his balance. He kept it and scampered for the touchdown. That was a great run. Yeah, it's great. The spinning, the great point by Billy. That's a, yes. it's a little different guy. Uh, pass blocking still needs work. That's so weird to me that that's his Achilles right now. That just seems yeah. like something he would be able to. to... Well, it's not. It's not something he's ever done. You know, I mean. 
He's a lot like Jalen Samuels, the guy they drafted this year from NC State. In college, they handed it to that guy or they threw it to him. They didn't say block for somebody else. Uh, First-round draft choice, Terrell Edmonds last night with a big special teams play. Kickoff by Matt Wild taken in the end zone. Bubble. Then the ball came out and the marker's down as Montgomery came out to the 25-yard line and there's a scrum and it looks like Edmonds has the football. Yeah, Terrell's got it. Great, great play. Heads up by Terrell. So encouraging he was able to do that despite suffering the burns from Jimmy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) On the play previous to that, I I thought he said he could cover tight ends. Well, didn't he have an interception taken away right before that touchdown? I don't think so. No? I don't know. That was far away. No, it was was out of the end zone. Oh, was it? Yeah, he came down. I was watching in an establishment where there were a lot of people, and I was having trouble following exact details. I thought he came down with it. He had uh, an up-and-down night. We're going to actually... Hear from him coming up. Okay, here. that's good to know. All right, Val's got a quick news update for us. What's up, Valerie? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. It's 70 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Let's start off with a good story. Okay. Well, the story may not be good, but every time I hear Mr. Rogers, it gives me like a sense of peace for some reason. <laughs> Producers looking for extras for the biographical film on the life of Mr. Rogers, an open casting call for. You Are My Friend is set for the David L. Lawrence Convention Center on August 25th. That is next Saturday. Casting directors are looking for extras for scenes set in the 90s. They want all walks of life. Uh, The film is going to star Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Man, he really can play everything. (laughs) He sure can. Well, Omarosa is on a roll on the newest tape. Laura Trump, who is... uh, married to eric, eric? yes yeah. uh she is heard offering omarosa a new role within the trump campaign where she would be available for interviews i guess that would <laughs> omarosa, <laughs> omarosa omarosa uh, omarosa omarosa the offer was allegedly omarosa. a fifteen thousand dollar a month job Amarosa is only releasing excerpts of the call and not the entire conversation but uh, a lot of people are worried about what she might have on tape they said she might have 200 different recordings how did how is that possible dang her uh, uh it's very possible just her phone is you know everybody able to on. record yeah it's not even that you, you i mean you can record on your phone but there are so many items you can you can get like a pen that records you can get all kinds Go of like spy, spy stuff now because it's so easy to make it you can get a key ring that will, or like a fob that will sit and record. It'll just constantly loop mm-hmm. like uh, those GoPros. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier than ever to spy on the president. <laughs> so we'll and see. And record your favorite band with the she, same device. <laughs> uh, what she reveals today, because it seems like there's one a day coming from her. Yeah, that's why she's like 15 grand a month. Please. I'm going for. 10 a day a big payoff i wonder if do they pay her to go on those shows yeah I don't, do they yeah do they pay guests yeah they get a fee they mm-hmm. not they so she gets a fee if she goes on msnbc msnbc or, to release the tape i'm sure i don't know about wouldn't that. you think no i don't know yeah i wouldn't it, it, this might all just be promotion for her book i don't know We'll have to find out. Uh, Chipotle will be retraining all of its employees on food safety procedures after hundreds of people got sick after eating at one of its Ohio restaurants. 
Over 650 people came down with food poisoning last month after eating at a location in Powell, Ohio. Health officials determined the outbreak was from food left out at unsafe temperatures. Chipotle had to close some of its doors last year because of a norovirus outbreak reportedly caused by employees being forced to work while they were sick. I'm waiting for the Omarosa tape to drop about Chipotle. Yeah. (laughs) The FDA head is in there like, look, I mean, it's... leaving the chicken out overnight. I don't know what to tell you. Scott Pruitt is just spraying Roundup in all of the (laughs) bins at Chipotle. (laughs) 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 Nothing's wrong with this. (laughs) Meanwhile, my love for Chipotle is just like a rock. You don't care? You keep going back? I've been stuck stuck it out through all this. Me too. Never wavered? Nope. I hear the Lionel Richie song every time I go in there. (laughs) Which is Suck on you? Is that it? (laughs) I thought you were going to say Hello? <laughs> no. I thought you were saying dancing on the ceiling. No, well. Sail on down the line. Sail on down the line. Dance into the bathroom. <laughs> By the way, I posted the video to the Commodore sail on <laughs> last week because it's so damn funny. First of all, I always it does sound to me like Charlie Batch is singing it, but the, the other part of that is <laughs> it just kind of does. It sounds like his voice. A little bit. Charlie Batch is feeling fine. Sail on down the line. <laughs> Charlie Batch is feeling fine. Did he break into one of those during the broadcast last night because the game went for I'll tell you what, 75 those hours? Two, those two uh, were really tested last night. Bob's the consummate pro. Charlie had to do Tough a lot game. of filling. That kept going and going, but this is your Chipotle song. You walk in, and there's signs. Sorry we don't have pork. Sorry we gave everybody <laughs> food poisoning. the norovirus. And you just look at all those signs, and you go, I don't care. I'm here. Stuck on you, Chipotle. Stuck on you. Got this feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose. This is you. Turns out that's diarrhea. (laughs) To the bathroom. I'm on my way to the bathroom. I. This is bad. Anyways, the sale on video is worth revisiting because I'm not exactly sure what the hell those guys were thinking when they made that video. The early videos are bad. There's no sailing in the video. No, there's. There's a glider. <laughs> There's somebody hang gliding. I don't exactly know what they were well, trying to do. Well, you know, it, a sailboat wasn't in the budget. Yeah. Was it HBO that had video jukebox, video jukebox in like the late 70s? I meant to tell you, I started following on Instagram. You have to, this is like right up your alley. Night Flight Official, which was, was that? it was on the USA Network back in the oh, day. I remember that. And so it was the same time as Friday Night uh, videos. videos HBO Video Jukebox and Night Flight was like the USA Network one. I don't think I ever watched that. They have so much vintage video stuff. Like it is so hilarious to look at, <laughs> like all those figures back then. And I think Nina Blackwood jumped over and did a little of Night Flight at one point. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but they had tons. Like David Bowie would do a drop in on this. It was just a half hour show, I believe. But the archival stuff they have is great. You would love it. Night Flight. I think it's Night Flight Official. I'm surprised you don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't remember. I always watched Friday Night Videos. Me too. That was my my jam. Video Jukebox <laughs> was a big deal. It was a half an hour show. I just remember... Wait, Video Jukebox was? It was between... They would put them between movies. Yeah, But they that's would also do a half an hour show. Okay. I just remember Ray Parker Jr. and Radio. You can't change that. No, no. You oh, man. You're the only one I love. I totally don't remember that one. I just remember that Mm -mm. video for some reason. No, I... Being played all the time. 
Wow. See, the, the, I'm thinking Ghostbusters might be the first Ray Parker Jr. that I can Yeah, I don't know what year this would have think been. Think of. Late 70s, early 80s. Ray Parker and Junior. Ray Parker Jr. and Radio for those who like to groove. Is that the one? No, it's called You Can't Change That. Oh, You Can't Change That. Nice that little whistle in there. Sorry, that was the Super Bowls. We got a Super Bowl sal- a Saturday coming up on DVE. What do you got, Pat? Oh, here we go. Put, I got me, it. put me on. Good. Oh, son of a... I'm walking oh. into Chipotle. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Can oh. I help you, sir? I didn't know this was Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. I bet you can. This is AM Gold stuff. Oh, yeah. Honey, I'll always love you. I promise I'll always love you. Take a burrito bowl, beef and chicken. No, no. There's nothing you can do or say. Sure, I'll take some peppers. Are you just gonna order in the guise of like neo soul music all, yeah. all weekend? White rice with black beans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sour cream? You betcha. How did Burger King not buy this and then redo it for a commercial and say, you can change that? Yeah. You can have it your way. Yeah. Wow. Ray Parker Jr. and Radio. I did not know. I didn't know they did that one. Now, how do you still know the lyrics to this? I don't. I watched a lot Center of bones. the OG plot. You're just singing, bumping it out. She is on like a three-month sleep deprivation cycle right now. And the stuff in the back of her brain is f- like Flying rushing to the front to the right front. now <laughs> because it's filling a void because yeah. you're not creating any any like me- new. new memories right now because your brain won't re- re- retention. They It won't retain it anything. Won't, yeah. No, I love like 70s and 80s cheesy music. Oh, man. I love it. You know, there's a rock, uh, rock, yacht rock channel on on um, satellite. And I got picked up in an Uber last week. And the dude was like, he had the biggest Yinzer accent in the world, but he loved yacht rock. I love and so, it. and I was like, you're getting down on this yacht rock, huh, man? And he started like <laughs> going through a catalog of yacht rock songs, but he had a Yinzer accent. It was hilarious. He's like, Dave. English Dan, John Ford. Dan. He's like John Ford Cooley. <laughs> Dude, these songs are badass. <laughs> I think iHeart has a Yacht Rock channel. Do they? Yeah, yeah that's what I meant to say. iHeart. <laughs> yes. We were listening on iHeart. Well, it wasn't your vehicle, tremendous. so. Dude, all I'm saying is you got to give your seals and crofts a listen. Little, uh, little tight, rubber band bro. reminiscing. Sure. Oh, I love that song. Val, that's Val's happy place. Just like pour, pour like a, a basket of puppies on top of Val and let her listen to <laughs> Yacht Rock. That is my happy place. And yeah, that is her happy place. Uh, scattered showers and thunderstorms again today. Uh, 80 for the high. It's 72 at DVE. Well, that sounds like perfect sleeping weather, Mike Pursuta. Uh, I'll tell you what, Randall. Another road trip has come and gone, which means another hotel stay is behind me. I love traveling to these games, don't get me wrong, but those hotel beds can be hit or miss in terms of the quality of your mattress. You don't always win on the road. That's one thing I never have to worry about before home games. And thankfully, I'm back home just in time to take advantage of Mattress Firm's most popular deal. Savings of up to $600 across America's best-selling brands. We're both backed by popular demand. Talking beauty rest, I'm talking Serta. Plus, you can get 0% APR for six years. That's the best financing Mattress Firm has 
to offer. Mattress Firm's 120-night low-price guarantee also allows you to shop with confidence. They'll beat any price on comparable mattresses, even ones bought from Mattress Firm for up to 120 nights. And Mattress Firm's aptly named 120-night sleep trial lets you test drive your new mattress for 120 nights. If it's not the perfect match, you get your money back and they'll help you find the right fit. This sale won't last long. Get to Mattress Firm today and get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for the price of a twin. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms subject to credit approval. It's the best time to buy from Mattress Firm. See you there. DVE Sports. Mike Prasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Came back with the team last night from Lambeau Field, and he's here for you now with sports. Man, that's uh, that's quite the turnaround. You got your you got your reps in early. Yeah, you know it's going to happen in the regular season, so why shouldn't it happen in the preseason? Right? That's what I'm saying. Really, man. really cool pictures and videos, Mike. Uh, I'll tell you what. There's nothing like Green Bay, Wisconsin. Sports this hour brought to you by Citizens Bank. I don't know if you guys caught the pregame show last night. I was giddy. I mean, oh yeah, I caught I caught a piece of it. And you know, Jerry Dulac made a great point about this on the pregame show as well. The what we came to know as iconic historic venues in sports. If you grew up when we did, Yankee Stadium, it's not there anymore. Uh, The Montreal Forum, it's not there anymore. The Boston Garden, it's not there anymore. Lambeau Field's still there. And what Mm -hmm. they've done with that, it's amazing. They modernized it and renovated it, but they kept it the way it was in terms of the lower bowl being all bleachers, which is what it used to be. They dropped the field down, so they made that a little bit better for the people that sit low in that. And then they added some seats on top of that and put the suites that it didn't have up high. So you can still kind of see where what it looked like when – Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi were there. Right. And the way the people embraced the Packers out there, I mean, it's a town of 100,000 people. They had 74,434 at that game last night. And I want to tell you, I don't know if you could tell from TV, there were very few empty seats for the first half. It was... It's amazing. They show up, they do their Packer cheers and their happy Midwesterner stuff. And I love uh, how Lambeau rises out of a neighborhood. Yeah. You're just driving along. And boom, there it is. <laughs> people's yards Darren Rovell um, posted a picture of the parking lot from Lambeau last night and they were they were selling Brett Favre commemorative firearms in the parking lot oh of Lambeau last night I missed that rifles and stuff like that and uh, I was thinking we would do that here but like we could have Ernie Holmes maybe sponsor that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> think of the line of people who oh, would be waiting there would, there, those would be hot items the holster the for stadium. the Favre one is made of Wrangler denim <laughs> just tuck it right in there you know what else is really interesting um, I forget this sometimes because I get so Pittsburgh centric in my perspective but uh, I went to an old school Packers bar and I was just talking to some citizens and we were kicking football around and throwing beers back and they were bitching about Mike McCarthy Oh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I just kind of started, uh, hey, you know, your coach is from Pittsburgh. How do you guys, ah, take him back. Uh, When's the last time we were in the Super Bowl? I'm sick of him. Oh, <laughs> my God, no Same way. Same kind of anti-Mike Tomlin stuff. So that's wow. when you expect to that's win. refreshing. 
When you expect to win and you don't win every year, I guess you get honked off. All right. That makes me feel a little... It, yeah, it kind of... Like, oh, okay. I guess that's the way it is everywhere. I mean, I kind win. of have felt that way about the Packers as well. Like, when you have a talent as elite as Aaron Rodgers is, you feel like if you're not winning a couple Super Bowls with that guy, you're underachieving. Yeah. They were, I guess... Also, uh, they don't have a defense. I guess Mike was under fire uh, a couple years ago, and he, he, in some context, uttered the line... I'm a highly successful football coach to defend himself. And these guys I was with, they, they wouldn't let him forget that. It, it was just, they kept putting, yeah, I'm a highly successful. And then they would say something else <laughs> that wasn't football coach. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the world ain't that different, guys. <laughs> different experience for Terrell Edmonds, the Steelers' number one pick last night. Steelers get beat 51-34 in Green Bay. Uh, the onslaught began when Mason Rudolph threw a pick six on the first play, and it continued when uh, Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Graham worked against Terrell Edmonds, the Steelers' number one pick. Now, Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Graham is going to work against a lot of people. Both of those guys are very, very good, and uh, Terrell Edmonds was understanding that, uh, hey, uh, he's in the big leagues now and this is what you're going to be dealing with more often than not. Uh, it was good going out there competing against some of the bigger-name guys. Um, just going out there, just trying to perfect my craft. There's still a lot to learn, a lot to build on, so I'm going to watch the tape and just build off of that. I mean, I just got to trust my technique and then next time go out there and make a play. So that's pretty much all I can say on that. Now, it wasn't just Rodgers to Graham. Uh, Terrell Edmonds also got beat on a fade at the goal line from Deshaun Kaiser to Robert Tonian. Tonian, a first-year pro from Indiana State, not uh, quite Jimmy Graham. Deshaun Kaiser, not quite Aaron Rodgers. And that one, Terrell Edmonds played it pretty well, but not good enough. Yeah, same thing. Just got to perfect my craft. Just I had great technique on it. It's just throw and catch. So got to go out there just try to work on getting the ball out of his hands. Yeah, I don't know if you caught Brian Allen there in the background. He was sitting next to uh, Edmonds when I was talking to him. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, great technique. You played it right. It was a perfect throw. So if that's you got to figure out a way to hammer the ball out when it gets there. Yeah. Um, he's he's learning this kind of stuff. He uh, he does not worry me at all. No, he excites me. I, I'm thinking him, he's going to be a great player. He seemed, You know, Palomalu's rookie year, I always go terrible. back to that. Yeah, he, he was terrible. He... Edmonds seems to be further along than Palomalu was as far as like acclimating to the pro game. Palomalu, yeah, you saw all the potential and none of the none of the awareness of yeah, not I, awareness, but you know what I'm saying. As long as nobody will misinterpret and say we're both saying that he's going to be better than Palomalu. No, that's not what we're I, saying. I agree with you. No, I think he's, people will still misinterpret you. He's, yeah, but I think ahead. they will too. No, I'm I'm merely pointing out that there are growing pains sure. uh, for for guys, and when they struggle early, that does not pretend anything. Uh, about the success level of their career, and he's further along than one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Particularly if you're strong-willed enough to understand that you're going to take some bumps when you start out. And he's got all that. You're not going to come in and dominate. I was interested to, to find him last night, and I found him by myself. There weren't a whole lot of Pittsburgh media covering the game. But you hear the sound of his voice. He's very matter-of-fact. Uh, he's got perspective on this. He wasn't you know, throwing stuff around. Oh, I can't believe I got beat for two touchdowns. He, he is willing to uh, take this game as it comes and learn from all of his experiences. Oh, nah, definitely don't get me down because at the end of the day, I still know the type of guy that I am. I know that I can still play in this uh, football league. And at the same time, 
Um, regardless if I would have made the play or not made the play, you still can find small things that you can work on throughout the play because no play is perfect. So you got to keep on perfecting your craft and go out there and learn from every play. Yeah, he had every opportunity when I approached him, at least. I don't know if he talked to anybody else. He could have said, ah, I'm, I'm not talking, go away or whatever. Right. He wasn't upset in the least. And uh, it was good, good to see that uh, he can endure what he endured. And uh, he did come back as you played the highlight, the, the special teams play. He made a splash play on special teams. Yep with the forced fumble and the recovery. Uh, he also missed a tackle on a play that was a little dump pass in the flat, and it should have been no gain, and he missed a tackle, and it was about a 12-yard gain. So, can't blink. No. can't. Every, any play and anybody can make you look bad. And he's, That's why the, when I'm watching Hard Knocks and I hear Todd Haley, like, screaming at these guys about details and how important every sing, little thing is in getting it into their heads, that... It matters. Every little part of it matters. Like I never really consider how much of that is well drilled into them by the coaches. But also, I think that's part of what makes them crazy off the field. Maybe. I really, I really it might do. Be. Well, the thing is, I mean, everybody is good. Yes, and they're coming from an environment where everybody was not good. There were uh, they come from big time discrepancies in talent. Yeah, sure. Sometimes there's a, there's a hard game, but sometimes there's a joke, and yeah, there's some you could take plays off or not really be all that right. focused and still get away with it. And if, that, if you're that up here in the NFL, then you will be exposed. But you have to be so regimented. You have to think about every move and be so hyper aware while you're playing that the confidence that you need to do that the you know, I could see that spilling over and turning you into, you know, Jalen Ramsey like figure. It's a lot to it's a lot to handle. Yeah, some guys handle it better than others, but I I think this is a really sharp guy and a no, driven he guy. Was, I was and, impressed with him last night. Yeah, but I, James Washington was the show for me last night, w- without a doubt. I was happy for the James Conner touchdown. He looks bigger. He, as you said earlier, he needs to improve on pass blocking. But uh, that was a hell of a touchdown run. He had twenty six yards. And um, went through a couple tackles, but James Washington, he doesn't just catch one like you know with nobody on him. He doesn't get open. He just <laughs> you throw it to him and he comes down with the ball. Yeah, uh, the the fifty four yarder was actually atypical in that he was behind the guy. There was a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. Steps up in the pocket nicely, throws it down the middle of the field, and it's caught on the run up to 25, the 20, the 15. James Washington gets a first and 10 at the 14-yard line in front of Josh Hawkins. Actually, got behind Hawkins. Yeah, you got behind him there. Yeah, that doesn't happen a whole lot, but those combat catches are fun to watch, aren't they? Oh, man, it's so great. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You have more you want to get to there? Nah. Buccos dropped one nothing uh, game last night. They're at five hundred again. Back to five hundred, lost four in a row. Tough and, uh, situation. For, you know, looks look, like it slipped sliding away. Ten uh, out from the Cubbies right now. Yeah, six and a half in the wild card. And they got three more with the Cubs this weekend, so it's maybe going to get worse before it gets better. More Steelers talk with Cam Hayward at eight forty five here on D uh, Franklin. Ah, oh, God, I hate that cutoff oh on that. Jesus, somebody. Fix that at iHeart. Get a fade out. That's not a fade out. That was just. A, it was supposed to be a fade out. But That's what I'm saying. That was just an ugly old bad edit. Hatchet, heel to the balls. <laughs> it's the DB morning show. Uh, Val. Yes. Boss rooting imitations aside, you know, <laughs> he could run for office if he had American citizenship. Oh my god, he and would win. He would be great right now because our political 
discourse has never been this ugly. And it's always been kind of ugly. But now we're like, fall down the stairs and can't have surgery to fix it ugly. Right. This is heel to the balls type territory. Heel to the political balls. <laughs> in Hallandale Beach in Florida, just down like, uh, I guess like Broward County area. What is that, Miami? Yeah. There was a meeting between the mayor and <laughs> the county commissioner and city commission. Yeah. Rather. Uh, and uh, for some reason, the mayor, Keith London, thought it was relevant to accuse a female commissioner of making her living from bleaching her own anus. I don't, or others. I'm not I was sure. Say, how does she make a living from her own? Yeah, yeah if you could make money doing that to yourself. I'm just paying myself. I, I don't know if this woman's family had something to do with like a salon yes. that, okay, yeah. that does stuff like yes, that. They they have like a skin center. Okay, so there you go. So <laughs> I've been there. So uh, the mayor. Tremendous. Wait, do you have audio? Oh yeah. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so the mayor to hear this. brings it up. And, and <laughs> he must have been under fire or something. Judge for yourself. This was in a, a public uh-huh. forum down in Hallandale Beach. Was he getting my sphincter bleached? <laughs> Is that what I earn my income for? Probably. Oh, okay. Now that would be you and your family business. Congratulations. 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 Sphincter bleaching is a very up and coming business. That's right. That's what I do, right? Uh huh. That's your best defense. Well, you want to make it personal, Commissioner? We'll make it personal all day long. So. Look, you stay classy, Florida. <laughs> First the coral reef that that bleaching, her... now sphincter bleaching. <laughs> we that have a growth to industry? stop global warming. <laughs> uh, You'd hope that industry is tightening rather than growing. That's yeah, sphincter bleaching. <laughs> Was it getting my sphincter bleached? Is that what I earn my income for? Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations! Congratulations. <laughs> Give her three congratulations. I just, uh, I have your pamphlet here. Wonderful work. Uh, this is great. Would really you, nice stuff. We're gonna, this is going to turn in, you know how you always see those videos? Well, not always. Once mm-hmm. in a while you see those videos from foreign countries where lawmakers just throw in chairs and punch mm-hmm. in each That's what's going to yeah, be happening that's on here deck. soon. I, 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 great before and after pictures at that center. Oh, yeah? They, yeah? they have them on the wall? Yeah. That's nice. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't know. Remember, was there some office that Jerry Springer ran for? Maybe about the, the mayor oh, yeah, of Cincinnati. He was the mayor of Cincinnati. And at the time, it's like, what is the world coming to? And now I think, God, Jerry would bring some dignity to things. <laughs> He'd at least make a speech at the end that tried to tie it all together in some life lesson. Right. He'd have a final thought. <laughs> Something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mayor Keith London bringing up the old sphincter bleaching, <laughs> time tested, tried and true political retort. Do I make my money from sphincter bleaching? <laughs> Was it getting my sphincter bleached? People don't know. That's why James Polk beat Martin Van Buren. Yes, it was I, over sphincter bleaching. I knew it. <laughs> Except it was powdered. It was powdered. Yeah, yeah, it was a powdered anus. Uh, what do you have coming up here, Ralph? <laughs> With a merkin that was like a powdered wig. <laughs> Just had curls. What do you have next? Guys have better sex with crazy women. 
A yeah. study has proven it. Another one that, again, this did not need to have any money thrown at it. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. A new pizza restaurant in Mountain View, California, is pushing the limits of robotics and artificial intelligence by having machines replace humans in the kitchen. The technology is so advanced, it also keeps track of what customers order and predicts the pizza they might want before it's even ordered. Oh, don't. Yeah, but I I always feel like places can predict what I want. I order from like five places and they all know what I want. And then I order enough for like three people and, and it's only me. <laughs> Do you and the guy them out? I, oh, yeah, all the time. Honey, the food's here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Why? Why do you do that? I don't want to think I'm so lonely. <laughs> and why is this single guy eating my feelings? Food? Yeah, no, this guy, he's got a fulfilled life. Honey, tell the kids! <laughs> <laughs> Next time you should just panic, like in front of them. Kids, come on out. Get kids! 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 Where are the kids? And then just grab them by the lapels. You've got to help me find my kids. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. All right, we've got Pittsburgh Steeler Cam Hayward coming up at 845 to talk about last night's preseason game against the Green Bay Packers, which was, hmm, ooh, the defense. Ooh, I know Cam wasn't playing he last didn't night. play. But, oh, man. So he had front row seats. Mm, the, most, show. the most points the Steelers ever gave up in a preseason game. Ever. They made history. Save your ticket stubs. It'll be worth something someday. Uh, but uh, Mason Rudolph, also not exactly an auspicious debut as a starter. <laughs> Throwing a pick six immediately before it, you get to uh, even pour your beer into your glass. Was that his first pass? Of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first play of the game, I, I believe, wasn't it? After the kickoff. Um, so, not to be outdone, Josh Dobbs threw his own pick six mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. It was relatively ugly early on last night in uh, in Green Bay. Full slot to the wide side right. Looks to the near side. Oh. Pass intercepted. A walk-in touchdown. A pick six for the Green Bay Packers. Right out of the gate. He went to the out. And all of a sudden, Trayvon Williams stepped into the situation, grabbed the ball, and had nothing but green in front of him. But, you know, hey, well, what are you going to do? He rebounded uh, after that and coach Tomlin spoke to that after the game I just thought his demeanor and stuff was good um you know just you know we didn't play as well and and he's not alone uh in terms of that I just thought we were a little tentative offensively and um didn't make enough plays in the early going every year we get really excited about somebody at camp and we make way too much out of it that's the fun of camp we start (laughs) thinking about oh we have the next Jack Lambert I remember when Ryan Chazier had his first practice at camp. Oh, yeah. And everybody went crazy. <laughs> this is the greatest athlete we've ever seen in black and gold. They weren't necessarily wrong about that, but... He looked well on his way yeah. to becoming an all-timer. Sean Spence, they thought at one point, was going to be one of the greats on defense, or had the potential to be right. a great sort of unheralded asset for the Steelers. And then he ripped his ACL, MCL, and PCL. All the CLs. But with James Washington, something seems to be different. The Steelers seem to be actively trying to tamp down any expectations anybody has for him. So he had kind of a quiet camp outside of the media going, this guy never drops the ball. This guy catches everything thrown at him. But he hadn't been playing with the ones yet. We asked Ben about it at camp. Ben says, I haven't thrown him yet. I don't know. He's got to earn his way. He's got to earn his way up. 
Well, after that, which was two weeks ago, we hear nothing but this guy keeps doing it at camp. Last mm-hmm. night in the game, he made three unbelievable catches. Yeah, he did. Uh, two great touchdown battle catches. I mean, he really was outstanding last night, and the combat catch got Coach Mike Tomlin's eye as well. You know, we saw that in Stillwater as well. So, uh, Latrobe, Stillwater, you know, um, all those are good signs because of the consistency and performance. Still kind of keeping it cool, but you have to be excited about what this guy might be able to do, particularly if Ben Roethlisberger sees him running down the field with somebody mm-hmm. and can start to trust him as well. That uh, receiving core is looking pretty deep. He doesn't have blazing speed. He's not always going to get open, but he always he catches the ball. Open. Yeah. All right, so we'll have more on that coming up from Cam Hayward at 845. Val has a news update for you now on DV. What's up? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 73 degrees now at DVE on the Val Porter. The Vatican is telling victims of abuse by Catholic priests that Pope Francis is on their side. In its first statement since a report detailing decades of sex abuse in Pennsylvania came out, the Vatican said it feels shame and sorrow. The Vatican said, quote, the abuses described in the report are criminal and morally reprehensible, end quote. The statement also said the church must still learn hard lessons from its past, adding there should be accountability for both abusers and those who permitted abuse to occur. The alleged victims of the abuse in the Pittsburgh and Greensburg diocese are said to have received more than $5 million. According to the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, $4.6 million went to victims of priests in the Pittsburgh diocese alone. So I told you three of the four priests in my parish growing up from first to eighth grade, like they were the priests there. Yeah. They were on the list, three of the four of them. Unbelievable. Four of my high school teachers. And... Uh, well, guys that taught at my school, I didn't have them all directly as teachers, but two of them I did. One of them was my confirmation sponsor, and the other one did the mass for my confirmation. Wow. I mean, I, it's, me and it's, all of my friends were being sort of groomed all the right. time, and it was it's just so creepy to think back on. Because the one guy was totally like, you look back on it now, you're like, yeah, that way, everything he did, it wasn't like he was like hitting on, on you. That's not what they did. He'd be like acting like he's one of the guys and try to get in with mm-hmm. you and say things. You're like, this guy's cool. He gets it. And he'd it's- say stuff about girls and you'd be like, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. Or he'd swear and you'd be like, cool priest. He's the cool priest. Yeah. Is it? And then he'd be sick. like, do you guys need a 12 pack or something? Yes. You're the cool priest. Of course we need a 12-pack. And then with other people, he could tell who was the vulnerable one or not, and then other offers happened. That's how they work. That that is the true sense of the word predator. Yeah, but you don't think of it. At the time, we just thought we're like, he's a cool priest. You don't know until it's uh, too late as a victim. Which is what makes their, their crimes so grotesque because they're doing it to unassuming kids. Yeah, it makes me good to feel that they might be nervous walking around right now because people might be out there looking for them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling you, I I'm think not suggesting she, anything should be done, but I'm glad that they they feel nervous right been now. Exposed, I yeah. want them to be shunned. I think shunning is uh, incredibly underrated. It's a great point. We got to bring back the shunning. It's a great point. Live the rest me? of your life in shame. Or, I to- uh, go ahead. Is it just me, or is this not a huge national story? It's not. It, it, 
It's pretty big nationally. I mean, I I haven't. It's not on all the news networks. I was going to say any time I've tuned into any of the news networks, they have not even mentioned it. Um, well, the Vatican failed to even say anything about it for a couple of days. But Hugh Hewitt is a pretty well-respected conservative mm-hmm. uh, writer, uh, radio show host, and everything. He has been blasting Donald Whirl and saying, "What? Are, why? Why hasn't the church done this? Mm-hmm. Done anything about this?" Uh, so there are people who are really paying attention to it and really trying to say, "Hey, I know things are really bad in one area of our." Um, our world but you can't not pay attention to this too we, yeah that's how i feel we have to multitask here <laughs> yeah and kind of not let this just go by the, well the, to val's point like if there's a if there's a school shooting or any kind of mass shooting they have all the news stations wall are wall. like posted up there doing their show from the scene of the crime and this seemed to be like an absolutely enormous expose when that grand jury yeah. came out and was like it just wasn't like the main focus of any of the news shows. I mean, it's huge here because mm-hmm. we we're in it, but I I just don't feel like nationally it's getting the exposure it needs to. I don't know. One of the really weird things was uh, those two priests who we were like that were of the four that taught at my high school. The two that were really like close in terms of like you know my peer group. Mm-hmm. The one made fun of the other one all the time because we knew the one guy was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. We knew he was like... Was he the guy that took people to the cabin? Yeah, he'd go to Punxsutawney. He had cabins in Punxsutawney, and there was an extracurricular group called Teenage Action Club. I mean, how unbelievably ironic is that name? And he, they would do these retreats. Now, kids were doing it because they thought they were, they were doing good. They were doing charity work. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a member of TAC, Teenage Action Club, because I wanted it on my resume for college, because they told all of us, well, if you don't have that on there, well, it's going to look like you're not doing anything. So that's super creepy in and of itself, but he would take kids camping and then furnish them with, uh, you know, it was always like the story of, I never went on that camping trip, although I think my brother did, and, you know, this is how messed up you are as a kid, like, I'm laughing and I'm making fun of my brother, I'm like, oh, dude, you got it, you went to camp, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you you for sure. And he's like, not me. Uh-uh. But then they would tell stories of this guy giving them porn and like walking around in his tidy whities and stuff. Oh, it's so, man. but like you're a kid, you kind of, you still, you deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we were like, ah, whatever. That guy's a creep. Like, uh, make sure to give him the Heisman as much as possible. So we completely disrespected that guy because we knew mm-hmm. he, and he, and it was like, we almost knew that he knew. That we knew. Yeah. But the other priest also would joke about that guy with us. And That's I told you, so like, the one it's the one story of, like, you know, it's too graphic to, to tell. And we thought it was the funniest thing in the world because he was telling jokes about the other guy being a predator. And we're like, yeah, cool priest. He gets it. He totally gets it. And Meanwhile. The, another shocking thing to me is that they basically had a network of priests who... Mm-hmm past kids between them right yeah the The communication between predators is just unreal the inherent problem in this entire horrific mess is that the people who need to know what happened here are never going to read these grand jury reports i know people who are catholic who don't want to know the details my parents would never in a million years read this stuff they don't want to know they know it happened but they don't want to know the extent of it. 
because it it's too important to them. And everybody who's a part of the Catholic Church and was raised in the Catholic Church like I was, where it was like, that was our community. That's It was everything we did. Yeah. Seemingly had a tie. Well, Especially if you went to Catholic read school. Into it. Yeah, I went to Catholic school, so even then it was your summer, whole life. It was, I was an altar boy. I played the organ in mass. I was always involved with my church. And it just becomes such a part of you that you don't want to believe that there could be anything about it that's that's fallible. You want to believe in the pristine nature of the infallibility a of... A man of God. Yes. And meanwhile, I was most of the time in the confessional in my life talking to a guy who was a predator. Yep. Like, that's messed up. It's totally... It's such a drag. Does that affect you in any way other than pro- just to think... It, I, you know... That's really I messed under- up. I work with Catholic Charities. I believe in the I, I, I believe that a lot of people are trying to do good oh yeah there are a that lot the of- majority the vast majority of people are trying to do good but they also have a blind spot because yeah. of that and there are I, a lot of good priests a lot of good catholics yes and there are so many bad ones and you need to weed them out and say people are bad yeah and it's that's a tough thing to do. I I understand it. So I don't. I try not to bash the church too much. Although I, anytime I do say anything, I get like a hundred emails from people. But I can't ever go back. Especially, it's not. It's not for me. I had there was to church way, in general or just Catholic. Just I, I think the, the Catholic Church come on, has come let over me to, there. Come me, to my come, You guys are singing campfire songs. <laughs> yeah. like, you're not getting come into on. heaven so, going. So, da, uh, like you know. Uh, no. you Sorry. Know. Or is that what Wrong. heaven is? Right. Just a big campfire. Just all singing happy songs. You guys are, no, there's no way. You know what your religion always reminded me of? Canadians. It's like you're, <laughs> we're nice. Like you're yeah. almost, it's, yeah, it's close. Canadian Catholicism. Yeah, you're That's close. That's what it is. But you're not really one of us. We like God, eh? I never met a Canadian I didn't like. <laughs> No, look, I'm starting to rethink all of it. So wait, is that why Mike secretly doesn't like us? Yes. <laughs> no, but Mike, is he comes from an even more sort of devout church than the Catholic church. Not devout, that's not the right word. Um, what What's the right word for what the, the Serbian Orthodox uh, church is? It's a hard one to describe it. To me, at least, it's always been more of a intimidating kind of do it this way well, that's how or the, else kind of thing. Is it fire and brimstone? Yeah, just, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't uh, been exposed to a whole lot of Serbian priests in my life, but the ones I have were pretty hardcore. Yeah. Terrifying. What does Long, that mean? Long beards, gothic. And I'm not trying to paint them that, that, that they weren't concerned about your... Yeah, your well-being, your 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 soul. Uh, your soul and your eternity, and they wanted the best for you. But it was, uh, it, it was very, it's very uh, regimented and structured, which you know the Catholic Church is too. But there's, uh, I I never got the impression that uh, it was a lift you up kind of deal. It was more you better do it this way or bad yeah. things, man. You know, to quote Dennis Hopper. Yeah, they kind of deify the priest in the Catholic Church. And that's a bad thing. And that's what some of those documentaries say, especially back in the 50s and 60s. You never question a priest. No. Like, you don't ever say anything about a priest. Right, and I think they're the people that you should question And that's how it got covered up so much. they they have power over people that goes unquestioned. 
and that needs to change. But I don't I, know. If, I don't know if this applies, but when I, when I got married the first time, I married a Catholic girl. Yeah, and I had to do the classes, all the things. And because I was getting married in Michigan, and we had she was still in Michigan and hadn't moved back here yet, I had to go out there sometimes to go to the classes, but I couldn't make it to all of them. So the priest said, "All right, you got to go see your Serbian priest," and then he's got to sign report, paperwork report to me that you're doing this. And I went to my Serbian priest, and he said, I'm going to tell you two things. I don't know why you're taking marital advice from a guy who doesn't get married. And number two, <laughs> if he's got a problem, tell him to call me, but I'm not sending him anything. Yeah. Tell and, him I'll fight him in the parking lot. And I, repor- I reported that back to the guy, and nothing ever happened. He backed down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really tough. But I, I mean, That I, is weird now that you mention it. Why would you take marital advice from somebody that doesn't get married? And I'm not trying to bash anybody or anything. I'm just, that's... That was my experience. That is an obvious... Uh, but that was kind of the, you know, hey, Father, I need this. No, it's going to be like this. Well, I'll tell you this much. <laughs> if we learn that any other club, group, religion, if this was Scientology, and then we learned it was the biggest institutionalized pedophile ring ever recorded, there's no way they would be allowed to continue functioning. No. I'm not suggesting that should happen for the Catholic Church. I'm I'm saying you can't do nothing. If you watch the movie Spotlight at the end of the movie, they list all the countries and how many it's it's stunning and how many decades this has been yeah. going on. It is shocking. That yeah. scroll goes on for quite a bit. So, I mean, it's a tough subject to talk about, but hopefully again, the people who are the the devout Catholics who say, well, evil is everywhere and they're just going to plow on with their day, hopefully they read that and understand that the power that they're wielding is much greater and affects it's it's destroyed so many families that you know i'm wondering where the karmic balance is for the ones that were helped versus the ones that were hurt because i bet the weight uh started to grow on the side of people who were hurt through the years as that it just got exponentially worse because it obviously did when you read that it got worse and worse Mm -hmm. and they say oh it got better it didn't and the details are so lurid and unbelievable. But, Sickening. Uh, yeah, I'll never be one of those like, burn down the Catholic Church. It's just, I know the good that it can do for people. I'm sure. not one of those people. But I do wish that they would look inward a little bit more and see that there's a lot of harm that can be done if you let that power go unchecked with people, which is not exactly the most feel-good Friday morning stuff to talk about. <laughs> no. no, I'm telling you, move over to Canada, man. You guys are Come the you're the in. Canada of religions. Come on in. I joined... I, I I did what you're telling him. I left the Catholic Church. I was no, you know, I was just kind of drifting for a while, and I joined your church, Presbyterian. Uh, I, uh, Bill's, Waverly. Oh, Waver, his Waverly. exact church. And and, and and well, years ago, and it was great, and I liked everyone there. You guys probably see each other at mass all the time, right? <laughs> no, I made it about two months because <laughs> I was like, you they're couldn't not, handle how loose it is. It was a little too loose. Like like they were so uh, uh, permissive that I didn't feel yeah. like I had to be there. Like and then I, three years went by, and I was like, I guess I didn't really join that church. Okay. I can took, Skype in. Okay. You can Skype right. into our church. I, yeah. Tim was raised Catholic, and I took him <laughs> to my church once. And, you know, people get up. They have a greeting time, and oh, people yeah. are walking down the aisle. He's like, what is happening here? What are you doing? Peace Sit be down. with you. How are you today? Good? Yeah. Good. Great. And getting back to your comparison to the Serbian thing, there's a pamphlet that you read, and it tells you how to act during Mass. It's, like, it, it's a little bit like... The guy in Full Metal Jacket. You will not laugh. You yeah. will not cry. You will pay attention. You will think about this. You will not do this. You will not smile. You will not like. It's very Eastern European. When I took my wife, she was reading that. My second wife, my current wife, 
the one that worked. The one you like. I took her once, and, and she was reading this. She's like, oh, my God, what am I getting into here? Like, yeah, what's going to happen next? Lee Ermey comes out to say yeah. mass. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the way they do it. And that's, Ours is like, it's they have prayers and concerns. It's like, they walk down uh, the yeah, aisle I'd like and... to send some prayers up. My coworker, Darlene, yeah. just <laughs> had, yeah. she's been having some back issues, and she Please didn't get surgery her. or anything, but... She's been and stretching a lot. So prayers up. Darlene. Dark, dark, Darlene. Yeah. Jesus help, darling. Dark, dark, Darlene. That's what, that's what I think your church is like. I keep remembering that's people. What it is. Like long announcements about missing cats. Yeah. That's what I remember. Like some of them, someone's neighbors. Like if everyone could look for us, a calico, he's friendly. Gotta find him. Yeah. The slogan is um, for, I think it's for the, all the Methodist churches open door, open hearts, open minds. Open mic. That's basically what you guys are. Friends. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers 51-34 preseason loss in Green Bay last night was what it was. It was a preseason game. The Steelers were playing uh, a couple of guys who are not established NFL quarterbacks, Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs, and uh, the Packers went with Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, Brett Hundley, who we've seen have some success in the league, and Deshaun Kaiser, who we've seen have some success in the league. Those guys aren't Aaron Rodgers either, but they are far ahead of the development scale uh, in comparison to Rudolph and Dobbs. So the defense didn't play that great. The offense made its share of mistakes, and uh, what happened happened. But there was uh, an, a nice moment early in the third quarter. The Steelers got the ball with the 12:36 left in the quarter, and before their possession began, while they were in the break uh, because of the change of possession, the scoreboard at Lambeau Field uh, focused in on Morgan Burnett, and uh, the announcement was made, uh, the Green Bay Packers welcome Morgan Burnett back to Lambeau Field, and he got a nice round of applause from the crowd. He had spent eight years in Green Bay playing for the Packers, and uh, Burnett was shown on the Jumbotron on the sidelines, and he kind of gave a, a wave. I don't know if they had this on TV or not. No, uh, I don't remember I don't seeing think that. So. It, it, was, it, it was a nice moment in part because... Uh, while uh, he was caught unaware that this was going to happen, he was not, repeat, not caught off guard. No, I didn't know that. So that's totally surprised me. So uh, uh, good thing I wasn't digging up my nose or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, so. That would be a little embarrassing, wouldn't it? You're picking, picking a your nose out. on the oh, sideline. Oh, hey. What? Oh, hey. Hi. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh didn't get that bad. Fifty-one thirty-four was bad, but it didn't get that bad. And uh, Morgan Burnett, uh, obviously, by the Packers acknowledging him, was a guy who uh, must have been pretty well received in Green Bay. Like I say, I, I special years here. A lot of great years here. Built a lot of great memories. Won a lot of games, and uh, a lot of my dearest friends are still on that team over there. So, I mean, it's special moments here in uh, Lambeau Field. I always hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, because he played eight years there, uh, he knows all about Aaron Rodgers and what he can do. Uh, what a what a learning experience for the the Steelers who were unaware, the young guys, to see firsthand what it looks like uh, when you're playing against a guy that's that good. He's everything that's advertised, man. He, he's a great player, and I was able to see his work behind the scenes, and that's why when you see what he does on Sundays, on game day, it's not surprising talking about a guy first guy in the building one of the last guy to leave great team guy his work ethic and he demands the best for his teammates around him man and uh that's a special player there 
Yeah, Aaron Rodgers wasn't out there long last night, but uh, boy, do they throw it around the yard, don't they? Oh, he's, I mean, he's, he's, so good. he's elusive, too. I mean, he yeah. just – he's so quick. And they really don't even care about establishing the run. Not at all. <laughs> just they run it once in a while just because, I guess. But what, uh, Weren't they using, like, a receiver last year as a running back Well, they or still something? are Montgomery. Yeah, he yeah. was number 88. Uh, they, they got kind of forced to do that because of injuries, and it turned out he was decent at it. And uh, That's all they want is a decent running back, mm-hmm. and they like a running back they can catch. Uh, hopefully, uh, a lot of those young guys were paying attention. We talked a lot about Terrell Edmonds last hour, and uh, you got to learn from these things. Uh, Mike Tomlin acknowledged that in the post game, and he said, "But boy, do we have a lot to learn." <laughs> like, was, you want some stuff on tape that you can use in a corrective context, that so the guys will get it. You know, see, right. I told you to do it this Exhibit way. A. You did it that way. Right. Look what happened, but. It's going to take a while to go through that tape and make all the corrections. Lawrence of Arabia length of a tape. <laughs> Gone with the wind. Yeah, intermission. You know? <laughs> okay, everybody go take a bathroom two break. Two We're going to come back. we got another two hours of this crap. Uh, <laughs> it was what it was. Uh, Mason Rudolph, one of those young quarterbacks that the Steelers used. He is a long way from uh, being Aaron Rodgers. He's a long way from being Landry Jones right now. But at least Mason Rudolph now knows that he can bounce back from a game-opening pick six. Not the way you want to start at all, but uh, I, I was happy with the way we responded as an offense, came back, put points on the board, and uh, you know, just, just like any other game, a lot to learn from. Uh, I felt more comfortable out there, just the second game. But uh, you know, a lot of mistakes that are correct on, on the tape. Yeah, he didn't come unglued, which I think is a positive. That was... Uh... A little yes. intimidating having to go through what he went through at the start of the game. With the crowd screaming down on him and just to... But I think you saw a lot of things that uh, we have seen, those of us who've been up at camp the last three weeks. Uh, Rudolph looks like a guy who understands how to be the quarterback. Not that he executes everything perfectly, but he, he gets the I'm the guy in charge aspect of it. I have to deal with everybody. I have to get us lined up. I have to sort of be that guy. He gets that. He's got this Ball security needs a lot of work. Uh, you saw James Conner. He's turned a lot of heads up there uh, with his ability to run the football. You he got, looks strong. You guys have talked about James Washington. Uh, guy comes down with the ball. That's what they said he did when they drafted him, and that's what he's done since they have drafted him. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is being put in a lot of situations as a number one pick, and sometimes he makes the play. Sometimes he does not, but uh, he's an athlete that can do a lot of different things. So, uh, you know, progress being made. I I would like to see uh, more defensive guys get on the field instead of be hurt. T.J. Watt, Sean Davis. Uh, I would like to see James Washington play a couple snaps with Ben Roethlisberger in the next game because yeah. I think it's time now. I mean, yeah. They obviously had a plan with this guy, and they wanted to bring him along slow and make him earn it. But now it's time to start building that rapport. Uh, with the guy who's going to be playing quarterback when the games count. Cam Hayward, brought to you by Don's Appliance. When we come back here on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DV. DV Morning Show, joining us right now. Brought to you by Don's Appliance, it's Cam Hayward. Good morning, Cam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Okay. So, you know, it could have gone better. <laughs> yeah, I think it could have gone a lot better. Um Obviously, you don't want to lose any games, um, no matter if they're preseason or regular season. Uh, but there's a lot to learn from this loss, and 
uh, I look forward to, I think everybody on our team looks forward to growing from this. But don't, you know, Cam, if you're going to lose, you might as well make history. Right. And, uh, and that's what they did last night. Mm, I'd rather stay away from history. <laughs> that historical context, anyways. The most points given up in the preseason. It's hard to really, you know, gauge uh, how how bad things like that are when there are so many moving parts and there aren't starting the the, the cohesiveness of the starting uh, defense that you hope to see out there. Couple pick sixes in there. Yeah, throw that in the mix. You know, it's it's hard to completely gauge how far along the defense is. In your mind, what are the number one and two things that you guys need to work on? Uh, understanding assignment. Um, I think on defense, uh, you gotta, you know, I thought we played a lot of man. Um, you know, that's something we wanted to show. Uh, but with that, you gotta be able to keep your leverage and keep everything uh, you can't get beat in your, in your in your inside coverage because man, um, they're just gonna continue to run you know slant and uh, you know a lot of crossing routes to you know mess that up. Uh, I think our ta- tackling's got to improve, but then I think the main thing that really stuck out is you got to win the turnover battle. Um, you know, throw it out. I thought the rushing we won the rushing battle with our offense winning and our defense. Um, them not run, really running the ball on us, but you know, not winning the turnover battle and then having two pick sixes—that's uh, a formula where you don't win. Cam, you guys practice against a pretty good offense, but mm-hmm. playing Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham, even though they weren't out there for that long uh, in that environment, uh, what kind of uh, growth opportunity uh, does that present to some of your young guys? A, a rookie such as Terrell Edmonds, for example. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I don't think there's ever going to be a rep he can't learn from, um, whether it's good or bad. You know, sometimes you got to have those bumps um, to understand what what you got to do here, what you're going to get. You know, I think in the NFL, you know, you get spotlighted a lot more because you're young um, with big tight ends uh, because they want to see if you can guard these guys. Uh, you know, they're big, athletic. Um, and, you know, we're going to put Terrell in situations where we need him to do that. Uh, and the only way he's going to learn is if he's going he's to go against the best. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a heck of a quarterback, and Jimmy Graham is no slouch at all. So you got to be ready uh, to defend those big guys. He seemed – I talked to him just for a couple minutes after the game, and he was fine. He was breaking it down analytically and talking about the, there's no way he's losing his confidence. Did you see – encouraging things on the sideline or, or as these guys are going through what they went through last night? Yeah. Um, you know, I think he knew his mistakes early. Um, you know, and then now it's time to iron out those mistakes. You know, I like his, his confidence. You know, the kid doesn't get rattled. Um, you know, he understands what we're asking of him. Uh, we're just trying to make a, a complete product after that. Cam Hayward with us right now uh, after the Steelers lost to Green Bay last night. And um, it, there was uh, one big splash offensively that got Steeler fans pretty excited. And, and that was Wait, are you talking about the guy running on the field? No, that was the best tackle of the night besides Morgan Burnett's open field tackle. That guy was great. That was amazing. Yeah, Man, that guy rocked. Oh, the cop totally. I mean, great oh, form. Good leverage. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was like someone was like holding up a pop of dummy, and they just told him to run through it because like they already had him arrested, and then the other guy just came and knocked him out. <laughs> that is just awesome. bodied him. 
Yeah, I mean, James here, I ironically was sitting next to, in a, in a local establishment, next to a picture of the James Harrison hit on the Cleveland Browns fan that ran out on the field. That was the best hit of a fan I've ever seen, but last night's was pretty close. Yeah, the police, um, the guy, he, uh, he left his feet and just worked for the air and knocked the dude out. And then the guy, the, you could tell the one guy who got arrested he was like complaining because his arms are too tight or something. Yeah. Like, Dude, you ran on the field. Yeah. Of course they're going to hem you up so you can't get out. Yeah, I wonder what he was complaining about. That makes sense. Okay, he was complaining about it being uncomfortable. You know what I think they should do there, Cam, is if you want to run out on the field, that, that that is one instance where the police get to use their tasers, like all of them. So you can just light the guy up so we have it on YouTube forever. And you know, like the policy television stations have where they don't want to show those guys? No, no. Now we show them, and we show them all get half electrocuted for eternity yeah. and we just make gift files of those and, and spread it around Twitter uh, uh, for all football eternity it's well, a thought they have it on like TV shows like live PD so yes you know, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be able to find it there oh, or they should have to play one play yeah yeah, that might work out a little bit better yeah. you're getting the ball we're you're turning ball. around and handing it off to you <laughs> yeah like that dude who tried to show up at camp uh, this past weekend what was that all about Maybe that was the same guy. It might have been. Was that Roy <laughs> Palamalu that showed up to camp? Who was that guy? Man, I don't know who that was. And like, um, so one of our safeties, Jordan Dangerfield, uh, he's like, "Man, you gotta get this guy off the field." I'm, I'm like, it's during walkthrough, so I'm like not paying attention to that. I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on. And he's like, "Yeah, get this guy off the field." I look around, and there's this guy with full pads on. And we're in, you know, shells. We're not even in full pads. So obviously he messed up right there. <laughs> and then the guy, he's saying, he's saying, you know, chill out. Don't, don't, don't rat me out right now. Um, <laughs> That's what he was saying. Don't rat me out. Yeah. And then <laughs> Garrett Guimont comes up, pulls him off, and I guess he's asking Garrett Guimont if he wants to run the conditioning test, just so he can show you what he's got. Uh, I would have let them run the conditioning test because it would not have been fun. Uh, I think you guys should have done backs on to it. Right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's over broken glass. Let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah, that would that would have been a car crash waiting to happen. I just was like thinking about it, thinking like, where did this guy get dressed? Like, was he in his car? Like, did he drive up? I just don't know what he was trying to accomplish. So I heard he actually got dressed in the bathroom um, and then left his clothes there. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this isn't his first time doing it. And, you know, and then the, our last practice, it got rained out. And so we had to go to Latrobe. And so we ended up, uh, he, I guess he was trying to make it again. He was going to do the same exact thing. Um, and maybe try to get a better number this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I don't think he would have done that well last night. Uh, and uh, the Steelers' D, although they gave up 51, I was going to say the offense did have a couple of moments where you're kind of excited to see people doing well, namely James Conner and James Washington both having big nights. Yeah. Um, you know, James Conner is. You know, I think he's, you know, really taking leaps and bounds from last year. Um, 
I think people, uh, I think coaches really challenged them, and I think James has challenged himself. Um, James is a complete back now. You know, I think he can run, he can block, uh, he can catch out of the backfield. Uh, and you're seeing that game in and game out. Uh, and then James Washington, I just love the way he's combative with his catches. Um, you know, he's not always in the best position, but he's going to go up and try to get that ball. Cam, do you have any uh, assessment of uh, Okafor to this point? Yeah. Um, you know, still raw, but, you know, he's a big body kid. Uh, and, you know, I think Munch is just going to continue to work with him. Uh, you know, he's uh, you know, he's very quiet. Uh, and in that offensive line room, you can't be quiet. So uh, he's going to learn fast. He's going to learn fast. And, and you see him playing both sides here in the preseason. That not mm-hmm. easy for a rookie, right? Is he not at all? He's keeping his head above water doing that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know that's what Chris Hubbard got really good at. You know, Chris Hubbard could play both tackles, center, and tight end for us, and uh, those are things we have to. You know, ask as our our swing tackle. You know, you never know what's going to happen, and um, you know you got to be able to depend on those tackles because um, if someone goes down, you got to be able to fill right in. Uh, what was the doggy upset about? What was who? What was your dog upset about? Uh, probably someone at the front door. No, uh, my dogs are just loud, just to be loud. They're just big poodles, though, <laughs> so They're, nobody's afraid of them. You have poodles. They're great yes, watchdogs. They're, they're they're poodle mixes. They're not straight poodles, but the poodle mixes. What are the names? A, uh, Cooper and Louie. That's like a good cop duo. Yeah. <laughs> like Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Cooper and Louie on the beat tonight. Hey, was that Ola, uh, was Ola's impression of Black Panther, was that uh, the, the rookie talent show, or what was that? It, that was. Was that the greatest performance ever at the rookie talent shows that you've seen since you've been with the Steelers? That was the that was the most thought out skit at the rookie talent show. But the rookie talent show together was the worst of all time. <laughs> uh, we had, so there's some consistency going on here. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of it. Uh, I, I don't know what they thought after that. It was literally like that they did that skit and then everything else was just horrible um <laughs> Ola did amazing and enjoyed it to the fullest uh i i had no idea what he was doing when he came out but then i i heard that and it was it was per it was spot on it was so good um, and he was uh you can just tell Ola was pretty excited to do it what did you think about the uh the Jalen Ramsey interview with GQ, where he just threw every quarterback <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> uh, I guess that's fuel to the fire for the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Jalen's always been Jalen. Um, you know, I got to meet him at the Pro Bowl, and you know, he, he didn't shy away from where I, I met him. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, all those quarterbacks he's going to face this year are going to be uh, gearing up. Uh, let them have it this year. Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking forward to uh, progress as we get nearer to the start of the season, Cam. And uh, you think you're going to play a little bit next week? I I want to. Shoot, I'm tired of being on the sideline. This is the worst feeling in the world. Why? Don't bother. (laughs) 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 I got to be ready for week one. So, you know, I I hopefully uh, get to go this week.
Cam Hayward here on the DV Morning Show every week on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Cam, thanks as always. Cam brought to you by Don's Appliance this morning. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you. Sean Collier is going to review movies and theaters this weekend, Crazy Rich Asians and Alpha. Plus, Val's got a news update for you when we come back. Walking into Chipotle. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. Can I help you, sir? I didn't know this was Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. I bet you can. This is AM Gold stuff. Oh, yeah. Honey, I'll always love you. I promise to always love you. Take a burrito bowl. Beef and chicken. No, no. I'll take some peppers. Are you just gonna order in the guise of like neo soul music all, yeah. all weekend? White rice with black beans. Oh, yeah. Sour cream? You betcha. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Oh yeah. Why don't I'm not? We get a bag of chips too. Extra guac. This is your jam, of course. You know, I uh, should post the video, huh? Is there a video? I'm gonna look it up. I posted a little River Band video this morning. R.I.P. Queen. Rock this all weekend. We got another ramble coming up at the Rex Theater on September 28th. Tickets are on sale for that right now. And in light of uh, Aretha's passing, we're going to do a special tribute to Aretha that night. Yes. Featuring Kiki Brown on vocals, Addie Twig, Lindsey Smith, and uh, we're waiting uh, on a couple other ones, too. We're going to try Beautiful. to carve out a big chunk of the night for Aretha. Uh, tickets available at Ticketfly at the Rex Theater box office uh, as well for uh, the Gray Area Productions Ramble at the Rex, and uh, we got a, a hell of a lineup that night, too. You when know, is it again? From, it's September 28th, and Clinton Clegg will be there, uh, Chet Vincent. Jim Donovan's going to play drums that night. Uh, Jimbo Jackson will be there. Uh, Molly Alphabet. Bill Deasy will be with us as well. Dave Wheeler's going to be joining us. Uh, and Josh Verbanitz from Meeting of Important People. Jen Wirtz is going to be there. It'll be a great night. That's September 28th at the Rex Theater. And like I said, uh, a big part of that night is going to be carved out as a tribute to Aretha Franklin. So get your tickets now at Ticketfly for the Friday, September 28th show at the Rex Theater. Val, what's up? Uh, Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 76 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. Life expectancy is down in the U.S. and most other high-income countries. A new study finds life expectancy fell in 14 of 18 high-income nations from 
2014 to 2015, along with the U.S. Other nations where people aren't living as long include Canada, Britain, Germany, and Sweden. Researchers from Princeton and the University of Southern California found only Australia, Japan, Denmark, and Norway showed an increase in life expectancy for men and women across all years in the U.S. The average age for women, 81.4 years. 76.4 for men. My theory is that this is almost 100% based on processed foods. That sugar will be considered as deadly and cancerous as tobacco at a certain point. It's in every single thing we eat. Sugar? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's a killer. Yeah, good luck, man. I don't know. It's a killer. We can't get Roundup banned. (laughs) (laughs) they're 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 bringing asbestos back (laughs) yeah exactly i don't like it's the mcrib why are we bringing that back the war with uh, yeah the the war on sugar is uh, a little far down the list of things we're going to get to i'm not saying you're wrong it's important well everyone has to wage their own personal war on that one i'm afraid and a new jersey crabber struck by flesh-eating bacteria is losing his hands to the fight angel perez underwent amputations wednesday having his hands and forearms medically removed he was crabbing last month in the maurice river when he started experiencing severe pain and swelling and was hospitalized with a bacteria that has eaten away at his limbs His family says the gangrene that destroyed his arms is still present in his legs, meaning further amputation could be necessary. Again. These stories just freak me out. The earth is going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to spit us out. (laughs) This is nature just walking up to us at the corner of the bar and saying, I can take you out anytime. (laughs) And it's starting to happen. Did you see the... The roof collapsed at the South Hill. Oh, or yeah. South, South, Hills oh, yeah. South Hills Village yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh's- there was a waterfall right outside of Vicky's Secrets. <sighs> Pittsburgh summer is basically just flooding. Yeah. Not. It's like a flood a day. Mm hmm. It's nice. It's real <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm going to move to Seattle where it's good. sunnier. There's that, yeah. the red tide happening down in Florida right yeah, now. Yeah, state of emergency. There are wildfires everywhere in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Bacteria is eating people's hands and arms and legs. In I'm New just, England. If you're buying a house, just hedge your bets. We got neighborhoods with hill in the name. Pick one of those. Uh, Troy Hill, Polish Hill, Squirrel Hill. It, it, there, there could be a few places. That Mon Wharf, don't get used to parking there. That's eventually... Just, oh, no, I know. Yeah. I don't know why they James even Cameron have that will be going. Open. Yeah, James Cameron will be down there in a little vessel. <laughs> if it's cloudy, that thing floods. I was yeah. up on Troy Hill the other night, man. I went and had a dinner at Scratch, which is a great place if you've not eaten there. But they like Troy Hill is so cool. Yeah. It's such a cool neighborhood. I, and, I don't know if I've ever been up there. Oh, dude, just drive up Rialto Street. Or Isn't go, it clo- or, is or it go the normal way. <laughs> um, no, they reopened it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Rialto is like one of the steepest streets in Pittsburgh. It's right off 28. You really? know, you can turn right and go. Should I wait till January and it's icy? For yep. sure. And it's yeah. so skinny. So you are basically vertical with another person two inches from your yeah. from your door there. Yeah. It's it's a tight uh, drive. But the neighborhood's awesome. And there's, oh, there's they're building a lot of new stuff up there, too. Had lunch at the Pear and the Pickle yesterday. You've been there? I have not. I heard, it, I heard it was great. Yeah. And in 50 years, it'll be riverfront property. So buy now. <laughs> Wine drinkers are embracing the can. 
Hey, yo. According to research by Forbes. <laughs> sales of canned wines increased. Leaving the cube, embracing the can. If you go to blush, don't embrace the can. That's oh, not allowed. Guys, I'm done with the box. That's what Lev Bell's doing all offseason. <laughs> Strictly can from here on out. Canned wine sales went up 43% in the last year. Wines in general, however, remain pretty flat, so that's the big deal. People are like, you know, these corks are really getting in the way of me getting drunk faster. <laughs> I'd like to, to do this. pop a can of Merlot. Yeah. I mean, you know, how, whatever. Uh, chug, chug, and, and, chug, uh, yeah. chug, You don't chug. want the, maybe you're tailgating or having a little picnic and you want the glass around? Sure, whatever the vessel is. Nobody really okay. cares. Embrace the can. How did the can become a euphemism for butt, by the way? Why are you asking me? I don't know. I don't know, because it comes from like the, it's like you an early air. I'm going to kick him in a can. I'm like, what the hell? How did that even, a can? I don't know. Got nothing. I think it's, it became, it, it's the, the room for, you know, the euphemism for the toilet. Yeah. And then it's like the can, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about your detective work there, Lou. You know, we, we don't also call it the, the WC. What's I'm going to kick him right in the john. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, well can there's got to be a can. good reason for it why are you going to the can nice can that's <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious why are you saying that looking nice at me can. eating a banana <laughs> uh terry woodford has worked in the music industry for a long time working with legendary groups like the supremes the temptations and the commodores but these days he's using his talent to create music for stressed out shelter dogs his latest works, which he calls Canine Lullabies, is a mix of the sounds of a human heart to traditional lullabies. The end result sounds like the melody of London Bridge, for example, but with New Age-inspired music and vocals and a thump-thump in the background. Uh, the tracks have been played at animal shelters here in America, as well as in Britain, India, and Australia. And sure enough, they seem to have a magical effect on animals. Volunteers at the shelters have found that Terry's creations help reduce barking and generally lower the stress levels. Dogs calm down and seem to feel at home much quicker when the special music is being played for them. Hmm. Music soothes the savage beast, I guess. <laughs> what? Yes. yes I, I Why is that funny? I just, uh, just pictured your dog being savage. Oh, no. Do you see the video of the, the donkey? That saw the the, the girl uh, that it really liked the other no. day. It's like one of those like Twitter accounts that are like you know mass followed. Did it and get it, punched? No, it was like it came out of the barn and it saw this like <laughs> teenage girl that he loves, and just started like crying and like so happy to see it. And no, just like rubbing his like huge donkey face all over her, <laughs> oh. just moaning like oh everybody else here sucks. I thought, like, wow, I didn't realize donkeys had that much emotion. I'm going to be nicer to donkeys going forward. There you go. No Maybe wonder Eeyore is so sad. Used to protect goats. They have feelings, too. Yeah, they. and like I said before, I mean, I hope somebody told the donkeys that they have to fight the coyotes. <laughs> an Arizona cop took the idea of body cameras to an unexpected place by using his department-issued device to make a sex tape in his office. Anthony Duran, a commander in the... Pinal County Sheriff's Office was caught red-handed and bare behinded uh, after his department secretary. Right, <laughs> uh, department secretary found the X-rated footage on his computer while looking for files. In the four-minute video, he is naked from the waist down, but he does have his uniform shirt on, 
And uh, the woman he's with is completely naked. A deputy examined the hard drive of the computer and discovered a folder titled Fun Times. (laughs) (laughs) Containing over 36 gigs of images, including numerous photos of the officer's personal nightstick and uh, lots of other things in his defense. He was off duty at the time. Uh, However, he was still relieved of his badge and his gun. Yeah, that's probably for the best. How about his nightstick? I think he got to keep that. Uh, The straw that broke the marriage of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard two years ago was someone who left a dookie in the bed. Um, It happened after Johnny came. (laughs) (laughs) It happened after Johnny Depp's marriage. Johnny arrived home two hours late for Amber's 30th birthday party, so, of course, she was angry. He stormed out of their L.A. penthouse rather than continue the fight. The next morning, the housekeeper discovered poop in the bed on the side where Johnny sleeps. (laughs) Amber blamed their dog, a Pomeranian, so not a very big dog. Uh, According to her rep... Pomeranian had a cheesesteak last night. It was Boo's fault. Boo has some serious bowel control issues, according to the rep, but the housekeeper said uh, it was way too big to be from Boo. More like Johnny Dump, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Amber is, of course, denying these claims. Scarlett Johansson, the world's <laughs> highest paid actress, according to Forbes. Uh, the actress earned $40.5 million this year thanks to the Avengers movies. Angelo, uh, Angelina Jolie, number two, with $28 million. Most of that coming from her salary for the upcoming Maleficent 2. Jennifer Aniston, third, with nineteen point five. Her money comes from endorsement deals with Emirates Airlines, Smartwater, and Aveeno. Jennifer Lawrence, fourth. Reese Witherspoon, fifth. Mila Kunis, Julia Roberts, Kate Blanchett, Melissa McCarthy, and Gal Gadot rounding out the top ten. Finally, Aretha Franklin's family reportedly planning to hold a public memorial service for her at a museum to accommodate a large number of attendees. TMZ says one will be held at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History in Detroit, a place Franklin uh, is said to have visited frequently. Her family is reportedly expecting thousands to come and believes a traditional church would be way too small. A date for the service has not been set. I was reading uh, an article about her yesterday. She had her first kid at 12 and her second at 15. What? Yeah. I knew she had kids when she was 21. I didn't realize it was that young. Yeah. Like, according to the, I think I read it in the New York Times or the Washington Post, one of those. A lot of people are wondering, uh, like, what should we listen to? What Aretha albums? You know, there's so many. Uh, this is the one that everyone's talking about, Amazing Grace. 1972 recording um it's pretty incredible and there's actually a movie about this that has never been released from 1972 in Los Angeles' New Temple Missionary Baptist Church she recorded this and it was shot by Oscar winner Sidney Pollack it's been in technical and legal limbo for years and then a former record producer and UCLA professor named Alan Elliott completed it over a seven-year period after Sidney Pollack's death in 2008 and prepared to show it at the 2015 Telluride in Toronto Film Festivals. But just hours before it was the screen, Franklin successfully blocked the screening of the film, winning an injunction in Colorado against the festival. The movie was shown to industry buyers in Toronto but never screened for the public. It has not been released or seen. Her death now raises the possibility the film 
could be shaken loose via an agreement with her family. So you might end up seeing the movie of this recording. And most people who are in the know say, this is the holy grail of Aretha. She was capable of things nobody else really was. Uh, that's Amazing Grace from 1972. You can check that out today if you're looking for uh, some Aretha background soundtrack. Okay, a quick update on the Steelers-Packers game from last night from Mike Pursuta, who was there broadcasting here on the flagship of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DV. And Mike, I'm guessing you didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I did not. I was there, and now I'm here, which means another road trip has come and gone, which means another hotel stay is in the rearview mirror. I love the road, don't get me wrong, but those hotel beds can be inconsistent in terms of the quality of your mattress. They say it's tough to play on the road. It is tough to sleep on the road. But that's one thing I never have to worry about before home games, and thankfully I'm back just in time to take advantage of Mattress Firm's most popular deal. You can get savings of up to $600 across America's best-selling brands. We're talking about Beautyrest and Serta, and you can get 0% APR for six years. That's the best financing Mattress Firm has to offer. Mattress Firm's 120-night low-price guarantee also allows you to shop with convenience. And confidence. They'll beat any price on comparable mattresses, even one bought from Mattress Firm for up to 120 nights. And Mattress Firm's 120-night sleep trial lets you test drive your new mattress. If it's not the perfect match, you'll get your money back and they'll help you find the right fit. This sale won't last long. Go to Mattress Firm today and get a king for the price of a queen and a queen for the price of a twin. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms subject to credit approval. It's the best time to buy from Mattress Firm. See you there. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Sports is our brought to you by Jared, the Galleria of Jewelry. 51-34 Packers last night at historic Lambeau Field. The Steelers fall to 1-1 one one in the preseason, and they had their share of, uh, as Mike Tomlin referenced them, uh, learning uh, experiences, uh, things they can grow from once they watch the tape and see how badly they screwed up as much as they screwed up stuff last night at historic Lambeau Field. But uh, it wasn't a complete disaster. There were some positives. Terrell Edmonds had a hard time covering tight ends, whether the uh, tight end we're talking about was Jimmy Graham or Robert Tanyan. But uh, the number one pick did manage to make a pretty splashy play on special teams, forcing a fumble and then recovering it on a kickoff. Like I said, I'm going out there. I'm just trying to play the game. Whatever play comes my way, I hopefully I can make it. That's my that's my whole mindset of things. Just go out there, help the team out the best way I can. I only play punt in college. Only play punt. But this is all good. Just go out there all four. Like I said, wherever they put me, I'm gonna go out there, try to make a play, help out the team, but the best way I can. Yeah, when he says all four, he means punt, punt, return, kickoff, kickoff, return. That is a healthy special teams workload. They're gonna expect this kid to play some defense this year as well. He is. Uh, Going through it and learning as he goes. Uh, another guy who stood out, James Washington, the uh, second-round wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Uh, another five catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns, and just, well, doing the stuff that he does. Here's Mike Tomlin. You know, we saw that in Stillwater as well. So, uh, Latrobe, Stillwater, 
you know, um, all those are good signs because of the consistency and performance. He has been nothing if not consistent since OTAs. All right, it's time to get him since out there with the ones, and let's see what yeah. he looks like with Ben throwing on the ball, and they need to establish a rapport. I Why get, did they do that with him, Mike? Was it just because they thought he, he wasn't learning the plays or running the wrong, making mental errors, and they wanted to just There were mental errors early, but as the wide receivers coach Daryl Drake told me last week, they wanted him to feel as if he was earning it and appreciate how hard you have to work to keep trying to get better. I think uh, – Drake's line was, we're not going to anoint him. We we want him to feel like he has to get a little better every day, and that's what he's doing. And, uh, okay, he's done that. Now put him in the game. <laughs> right. With, you know, with the real players. Put your best players yeah. on the field at the same time. Because he can help. Uh, James Conner looked pretty good as well. His first carry went for no gain. His second carry lost a yard. But uh, the third time the Steelers possessed the ball, he ran for 8, 24, and then 26 and into the end zone. James Conner said he was doing what he does. I try to run the same. I try to be running the same ever since, you know, first started playing football. Just run fast, run hard, uh, make quick decisions. So I've been just doing the same thing I've been doing. Yeah, touchdown run, pretty nice uh, spinning and breaking a couple tackles, and uh, off he went. Uh, the Steelers also got called for their first uh, leading with the helmet penalty of the preseason. They had avoided that in Philadelphia, but Cody Sensabaugh, got flagged last night. He wasn't so sure that uh, it was a call that was justified. Sensabaugh thought he led with his shoulder, if anything. Uh, here's uh, his take on it. I think they called low in my helmet, I think. But I didn't even really hit him, really. So. It looked like he had all shoulder on Yeah, I mean, I thought I did, too. The, the little bit of contact I did make on the play, but... I don't know. I have to watch it on film. Hopefully, hopefully they rescind it, though. I ain't trying to give them no money for it. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, Dale Lawley uh, from our TV pregame show and, and DK on Pittsburgh Sports. Dale had predicted last night on the DV portion of the pregame that the Steelers would get a lowering the helmet penalty because they didn't get one last time, so they were going to get right. called. Uh, the officials are figuring this out as well as the players. It's been really, from what I've been able to ascertain, it's been really sporadic and inconsistent. There was a call in the Patriots-Eagles game last night that was... Uh, boy, if it happened in a pivotal part of the game, it the would game be we, we would talk about right. it for a week, and I have a feeling that this season we're going to be talking about a couple of th- rule changes. You know, uh, between games from Sunday to Sunday, there's going to be multiple instances of us talking about the helmet rule and the new catch rule, and I don't know, possibly some shuffling around on the. Uh, uh, on the new uh, special teams rules, although the kickoffs haven't seemed to look all that different, have they? No, those guys really seem to uh, get down the field without the running start, don't they? I thought there was going to be a lot more explosive returns. Why were we doing three uh, the short approach kickoffs last night? They were like kind of popping them up and pooching them. Is that something that Danny yeah, Spencer just, was just working on? See yeah, if, see what if that works. If teams have because you only have three guys in that forty yard area, right? You know, you have six in what they're calling the setup zone, that fifteen yard area, ten yards off the kicking line, and then you only have three back, so can you can you bounce it or make it tough for the other team to uh, gain possession? Mike Tomlin said uh, during camp, he said their first goal on kickoff return is to gain possession of the ball. You know, that used to be kind of a given, but with these uh, trick shots that teams might come up with. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to start doing something where these guys do like these hard squibs down the middle. 
to try and just stop those guys in their tracks so they can't do anything from a running start. Tomlin has said they're looking at everybody's games to see what everybody's doing. See what's working. I got to believe if somebody's figured something out by now, they're not. I'm not showing you. Yeah. It doesn't seem like anything unconventional has really been happening other than you pop know, up pop-ups, there, yeah. but not nobody's really trying to utilize it past that. Packers had a good one last night. It was like a line drive to the corner, and they got it in the end zone right at the pylon. I mean, that's dangerous, though, because it can pop out. So, like, if you can they use also, the... They also kicked one out of bounds. Right. So, if you can use the middle of the field somehow and that huge gap to your advantage yeah. on kickoff kick, I'm not sure... They got Rosie Nix to return one. He was one of the three guys back. That's not going to strike fear yeah, in anybody's why heart. Was, yeah, I, put the tank back there. Well, the, the theory is, as Danny Smith has explained it, you got to have a guy who can handle the ball, which he does as a fullback, but also block. Because you're hoping that the deep guy gets it, and then you want somebody that's an accomplished blocker. There's not a lot of guys that are it's real. It's the heavier lineup. There's not guys that are real good blockers and still good with the ball. All so right. that, that's hard to figure too. But you, you're going to understand linear posture real well by the end of September. That's. I've been trying to improve mine. I've you, noticed. You are going to hear that when we come back. Sean Collier reviewing Crazy Rich Asians, and boy, it makes you want to say crazy, doesn't it? Crazies. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> Let that. It's a DV morning show. I, I was Go ahead. Like, Finish it. No, in the limited defense of no, the Catholic Finish. Church, in the only way that I think it's better than what you guys do in that Canadian church that you're in <laughs> is Presbyterian. we have better songs. Uh, I disagree. Yours I are, disagree. you have Canadian campfire songs. Yes, which are fun. We're yeah, not, but we sang those in children's church. That still. wasn't like in the sanctuary. We're not singing anything that would make Donny Osmond go, this is a little tacky. This you, is a little was much. There, was there organ accompaniment? No, they had like yep. somebody. No, they had you, in your church. Look, if you can go in your church and there's like somebody playing the song on a guitar and they're asking another person for yes. a capo. Can you have a capo? I mean, and someone's playing a tambourine. That's what's wrong with a tambourine? That is not that's a church. wonderful instrument. It has to be gothic. Your songs My sound like the CIT song from the show. movie Meatballs. <laughs> we are the CIT, so pity us. The kids are brats, the food is hideous. That's We're gonna smoke and drink and fool around with nookie. Man, no, it's our CITs. That's what your deep church song sounds like. Wide. What is it? Deep and oh, wide, good. there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. This is the worst lead in I've ever had. Sean Collier. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. That's okay. Um, we do have the international uh, ring of pedophiles a to, to, right. as, as a big a minus on the Catholic Church. So the songs don't exactly no. push us past you in that regard. Uh, Sean, what do you have going on over there? Uh, we're all we're all stressed. That's, again, an awkward transition. But we all have things going on. I know for me, personally, if someone had honked at me passing in the car, I probably would have gotten out of the car, ran after it like the T-1000, and used all of my pent-up stress to just shot put it over Mount Washington. That's where my brain is at right now. So, sometimes you have to take care of yourself. You know, you gotta have a nice cup of tea while riding down the lazy river at Sandcastle on a giant mattress of goose feathers. Or, see Crazy Rich Asians, which is just so Gosh darn nice and pleasant. It's just the nicest time. It's based on a best-selling book by Kevin Kwan. It is just a story about two nice people who love each other and want to get married. That's it. And one of them is preposterously rich. So nice people are having a very nice time in nice places. That's the movie. 
that's the whole Good thing. Good things happen to nice Asians. It's it's it, there is there is conflict, I guess, because the guy's mother wants him to move in, move back home to Singapore, and marry someone more upper class. But that's so subtle that you won't even notice it. This is the cinematic equivalent of one of those relaxation tapes. This is like sitting in a yoga studio and not even doing yoga. Breathe in. Just smelling nice things while someone talks in a soft voice. This is that. that. Sounds very pleasant. I, it's so. It's. I was just so happy hmm. to be in the movie theater, hmm. and just everything is nice and calm, and none of this is a criticism. It's fine. It's a thing to stare at and be mildly engaged by. The cast is fine. Hmm. It's pretty to look at. If there's anything remarkable about it, uh, the sidekick performance uh, from actress rapper uh, Aquafina who is now the big breakout star of the summer. She stole uh, the show in Ocean's 8 as well, and she is hilarious. She is going to be someone who uh, uh, is is getting more and more roles like this and lead roles very soon. Very, very funny performer. Uh, uh, But mostly, though, crazy rich Asians. It's very nice. Take your mom. That's all you got to know. All right. How about that? Our our next film, though, is one of those screen print T-shirts where three wolves are howling at a full moon come to life. Crazy Rich Asians, based on a book. Alpha, clearly based on a jean jacket someone wore to the meadows. <laughs> Alpha is, and, and I'm being serious here, the origin story of dogs. It is the movie about the first time a wolf went, ah, this guy's okay, and hung around for a while. That's what you're watching here. The pitch meeting for this movie started, did you ever wonder where dogs come from? And everyone in the room was definitely like, no, but they made the movie anyway. (laughs) There's a kid, he gets separated from his tribe, he's injured during a hunt, he has to make it back home, he makes friends with a wolf. What I'm saying is, if you've ever planned a vacation, mostly around peyote, this is the movie for you. It's visually dazzling in a really cheap way. It is visually dazzling in the way that a blacklight poster is visually dazzling when you're high. And since it's old-timey, incredibly old-timey, set in 18,000 BC, and involves a lone guy, (laughs) that's old-timey. I mean, you know, we're not talking Sherlock Holmes, but... (laughs) One guy trying to make his way back home across unforgiving landscape. Yes, it's kind of the fast food equivalent of The Revenant. That's what you're getting from Alpha. Only Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't get humped by a bear. So without that, what do you really have? Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine with your movie reviews this weekend. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Cam Hayward, who was brought to us by Don's Appliance this morning. How about Cam showing up in the preseason? Uh, he Cam is on great. Our air. After he, an away game. I love game. Cam. He wanted to do it. You know, we were like, oh, we'll just start it when the season begins. The and he's like, stuff. no, man, let's get going in the preseason. So good for uh, good for Cam. He doesn't mess around. Waking up early after Hi. a game. Number one lady, Miss Aretha. Thank you. From 1971, live at the Fillmore West.
R.I.P. Aretha. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you gotta call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.